For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Panther fans, has Frank Wright given the Carolina Panthers credibility? Adam Thielen's the new free agent wide receiver acquisition. Cam Newton trying to get back in the NFL. And Thomas Davis running interference for the Carolina Panthers as they go into the NFL draft. That and much more on the, the podcast by Panther fans for Panther fans. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's go, fellas. Tony Dunn. And not to it, but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. You heard it, folks. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. There's a ton of news from the Carolina Panthers building an offense that's ready for a rookie quarterback. And boy, the place is so respectable these days. People may actually want to come to Charlotte without fleecing us. Thomas Davis. He's throwing, he's throwing like a little sleight of hand here and there. We've got quarterback talk. We've got stories on the on CarolinaCatChronicles.com. And we've even got Cam Newton back. Cam Newton's back, baby. And he, is he just a rando? I hope not. Man, I'm going to do all of that with you guys. But first, my wheel man, Cody Lashney. What's up, my brother? Tony Dunn. The draft cannot get here fast enough, man. The battle of Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud is raging on the internet. Fans are more opinionated now more than ever. You have media pundits throwing their names in the hat on who's the number one, who's the number two, who the Panthers are going to take, or are we going to trade back? There is so much to discuss on tonight's edition of the C3 Panthers podcast. You know there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here with my boys hanging out, talking about Panther football. And you know we're going to hang with the best damn Panther fans. And all of YouTube, you already know what it is. 910 Panther fan, Drew, our Janar Ramsour, Joey the Blind Panther, Trooper with the Tuba 24, Chuck Duru Ihoma, what's up, bro? Dan Floyd, uh, David Screws, these ill skills, 
Lynn Leonhardt, Michael Davis, Panther Gal 73, Panther Pickle, Underground West, and Wybed Jordan. Apologies if I missed any names. That's a long list. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. We want to get your thoughts on all of this news and anything you want to talk about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and the NFL. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Call in. We'll get your call on the show later on. And uh, smash that thumbs up button. Consider being a C3 super fan. We got some fun news for you that on that later. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about, CK. The press conferences. Boy, boy, oh, boy. They are not shying away. We getting a quarterback, and they getting ready to start that damn quarterback. Well, here's the thing: is what I'm I'm happy about is they're not doing what they're they're not acting like we're ignorant, right? They understand we are aware that they are going to be taking a quarterback. It's not even a question. We know this. This is not news. This is something we are aware of. So that's something that I'm excited about, that they're actually treating us with some sort of of understanding that we have a level of intelligence that understands that they are taking a quarterback. That's what they're talking about. What I do like is that they aren't shying away from describing what they like about these guys. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, being honest about the reasoning they went with uh, this trade, getting uh, DJ Moore involved in that trade, uh, it was all very enlightening, but also it, it. I think many Panthers fans are are coming away feeling like this is a a much more improved coaching room, uh, front office um, than what had been in years past. Um, so it's honestly at this point in time, I'm just excited to see where we're going, and we've got a little over a month, and we're going to know uh, a lot more about the trajectory of this franchise. Don't forget, we're going to have the tenth live C three. Live draft party, NFL draft party, where we, and boy, this one's going to be lit. This has got to be the coolest one so far, the number one pick in the draft, the pick of the litter. And uh, when asked about if this was added pressure picking number one, Frank Wright said, not at all. This is actually giving us the opportunity to get our guy and who that guy is. We've got a lot of thoughts on that matter. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, maybe even somebody a little more um, well, com- not conf- confrontational. What am I looking for? Questionable. Questionable. No, like how about that upside? Upside, right? We got that a uh, lot of audio, and it turns out Frank Wright has got the secret recipe for these quarterbacks. Mm. It's that extra crispy Kentucky Fried <laughs> Chicken <laughs> recipe, and it's proprietary to Frank Wright and the guys. Greg, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's great to see you again. Thanks, man. Always, always a fun time. Tuesday nights is the best night to be here. And, uh, you know, I got to ask y'all, because this is where I'm at. Like, do y'all feel like we're being disrespected by the media right now? Yes. I feel like Carolina made a big trade to move to number one, and all I hear about is Chicago. I, like, I don't yes. hear any, whenever I hear anything Thanks. about draft grades or anything else, I feel like Carolina did a fantastic job, and, and they'll say that. But then they'll just kind of breeze over it, say the players, and go on talk about somebody else. I feel like Carolina's getting disrespected, being the number one pick and doing what we've done in, for in free agency right now, for what we're going to be. I, and I think honestly, it's kind of great. Right. Let's let's go in there under the radar. 
I'm cool you with that. Hit the applause, Tony. That was beautiful. Thank you, Greg. Dude. You know what? It's I, I another could... day that ends in Y because the Panther yeah. fans feel disrespected. Oh yeah. man, I feel like anytime. So I never watch any of the you know the big sports networks. But dude, you know I wanted, wanted to hear some t- hear them talk about Panthers. I go on there, and they're just downing us, man. Oh, I can't believe they gave up that much. Everybody's right. lo- lo- loving right. it for the Bears, but yet somehow hating it for us. Dude, it is blatant disrespect. If you want real Panthers news and opinion, oh, brother, you keep it tuned to the C3 Panthers podcast, baby. You already know what it is. We're in our 11th season. That's right. The longest running Panthers podcast around, uh, building the community together, one fan at a time, one C3 super fan at a time, one subscriber at a time. So we appreciate you guys being here with us tonight. We've got a ton to talk about, so let's just go ahead and jump into this show. The biggest news or the most pressing news and everything that people have been talking about, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that the Carolina Panthers have some credibility now, folks. The Carolina Panthers have signed Adam Thielen, and I don't think it's Adam Thielen that gives us the credibility necessarily because we'll talk about his age. We'll talk about his abilities. We'll talk about just how important he is as a signing. But this is a signing that we shouldn't have gotten. This is a player that the Carolina Panthers would never have landed in the past with Matt Rule. And maybe, maybe, I mean, it's a long shot to say that they may have they may have landed it with Ron Rivera. The pitch was real. It was authentic. And I've got a feeling. Something is happening in Carolina. Adam Thielen signs a three-year deal and uh, with the Carolina Panthers, and he wants to play all three years on this. I'm going to go ahead and just jump into this sound clip. Here is Fitter on Thielen and why they brought him in. Right, any concern about going to three years on Thielen, who's going to be 33? And no, he, he, he actually wants to be here three years. That was part of the whole deal. He wants to be here through this process of building and winning. So that was important to him. Uh, having him in the building, like when you watch his tape, the type of player he is, he's he's so much about technique and separation and route running. That that doesn't bother me as, as much. You know, if he loses a step, it's not a biggest factor for a player with his style of play. You know, if he was just a straight line burner, yeah, 32, that makes a difference. A guy that's so savvy like that, that knows how to separate, wasn't as big a factor. And then we also want his influence in the locker room. He's such a leader. Um, you know, we had him in the building last week. I was really impressed with the guys. There's so much command and respect that he's, he's what our team needs right now. That's Scott Fitter from yesterday's press conference on um, why, what they, you know, maybe some concerns that were brought up for Thielen. I know a lot of Panther fans had gotten excited with that name, or at least we, we tend to get excited with every free agent signing. It's always great when it happens and a year or two later, we always act like it. we shouldn't have thought it was great in the moment, I guess. We've wanted DeAndre Hopkins. Rumors are still out there about DJ Shark. But Adam Thielen is a guy who's had 16 touchdowns in the last two seasons, right? Uh, and he has, while his production had, did decline, he's been able to put up 1,000-yard seasons on the other side of Stephon Diggs. He's put up 700-yard-plus seasons over the last couple of years, three out of the four last years, I think, with um, 
Justin Jefferson on the other side. This guy's been in the league for 10 years. He came in undrafted, but he's a proven player in this league. Very reminiscent reminiscent to me of what a Ricky Pro kind of did for this team. Adam Thielen, your thoughts. Go around the horn, and then we'll hear why Adam Thielen, what he said on Pat McAfee about why he joined the Carolina Panthers. Oh, dude, I'm loving this move, man. And listen, we were all basically screaming from the top of our lungs that if you're going to be drafting a quarterback day one and you have all of your offensive line under contract for the foreseeable future, it is incumbent upon you as a front office to surround that quarterback with as many weapons to make his life as easy as possible. We've been waiting for that to happen, and finally they did that, man. Listen, uh, Adam Thielen has more receiving touchdowns over the past four seasons than Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf. Dude, that's a Don't hell of a the list. greatest receiver that the in the history of the world that the Panthers let go in a trade, DJ Moore as well. That's right, right man. So <laughs> it's like you're 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 letting go of a superstar, talented player, and I still think DJ Moore is a superstar. And now you're adding some of that production back to your team in the form of Adam Thielen. Dude, this guy is a red zone nightmare. Do you hear me? This dude has a nose for the end zone, uh, you know, uh, with the very best of them in the NFL. This is a perfect addition for the Carolina Panthers. I love the flexibility that he has. You're going to be able to line him up in the slot. You're going to be able to move him outside. There are so many options available to Thomas Brown, our new offensive coordinator, and Frank Reich in how they decide to use uh, Adam Thielen. I'm pumped. And and uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm on cloud nine. This is a fantastic move for the Panthers. And I'll pass the mic here. I don't think we're done yet, boys. CK, how you feeling? You know, I, listen, and I love the Ricky Prohl, the, you know, the, that comparison. Somebody who's going to help a rookie quarterback understand what they're seeing. He's going to have, and when you look at what people say about him around the league, this guy has one of the best route run. He's one of the best route runners in the entire NFL, right? So he's going to be able to create separation just based off of technique alone. He doesn't need to be the speediest guy. He doesn't need to be uh, some super athletic guy. And I think that's what you need with a rookie quarterback who is looking uh, for a guy who's going to be open quickly because he's, you know, he might be one read for a little bit. He might be, you know, two reads for a little bit. And you, you've got to make sure that that security blanket is on top of it. And that's what the, I think uh, this, this signing really does for, uh, for a guy, uh, you know, that will be drafted number one overall. So I'm, I'm thrilled with it. I don't think it was that bad of a, a lot of people were talking about that we overpaid for him. I think that uh, this was a, uh, you know, a front loaded contract. And like Cody said, I think that this leaves a lot opened uh, for us to go after somebody else, you know, be it in the draft or in free agency. Shout out to my brother, Joe Riolano in the chat, co-founder of, of the C3 Panthers podcast at Carolina and, or, and my best friend in life. Right. Um, Joe, love you. Also wish the best to your family. And he says Miss he you, liked, brother. 
He likes he likes the Ricky Pro comparison. But now hit us with a dose of reality, Greg. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny you say that because that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Like wah, I do, wah, listen, wah. I like the Adam Thielen sign. I really do. Wah, I don't wah. want people to think that I don't However, <laughs> you have it yeah. nice. Yeah, However, this 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 doesn't fix our, our wide receiver sure. problem. It doesn't it doesn't solve us, it doesn't give us number one, I guess. And for me, I wanted to sign a number one. There are a couple of guys out there we could have done that with. That I feel like, and I, I don't want to disrespect Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is a great wide receiver, and I'm really happy to have him on. I think he can easily, easily step over TMJ for a or get yeah, TMJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know it always feels four, four, weird four, when you say it. I don't know spot. if we have a lockjaw or <laughs> right. if we got it wrong um, for a number two spot. But but I just I, I feel like we slightly overpaid for him, but it's okay because we've opened up a little bit of room, and we this is a position we needed to be filled with a pretty decent player. He's more proven than Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, I just don't, I'm, I'm just, I want us to solve this number one spot because as much as I love Adam Thielen, he's not a number one wide receiver. And while he'd be great for a rookie quarterback, I would love, love, love to give this incoming rookie quarterback the offensive line we have with a decent tight end we just picked up and a number one wide receiver. Yeah, so the, the the Panthers, though, are taking a position on this, Greg, it looks like. And a lot of things that I've heard, even when Adam Thielen was asked on Pat McAfee if he chose Carolina because he would be the number one there, right? Because right now they don't have anybody that's proven. He said, not at all. I chose Carolina because they want to build an offense that has all a bunch of pl- the players that support each other. And here's yeah. the thing. I do okay. agree with you, Greg, is look, is having an that – that big X factor receiver or whatever the letter is. I'm pretty sure it's X and that guy who can just take over a game early, Larry Fitzpatrick, Steve Smith at the peak of his career. Right now you're talking about a Stefan Diggs. You're talking about a Justin Jefferson, those types of a Tyreek Hill. Yes. Those players are wonderful to have, but those players don't win if there's not a compliments around them. True. Right. They're a complimentary group of players. We saw the Panthers in their history do poor with complimentary playmakers on each other. They went too small and cheap on receivers. Then they overcorrected by getting the biggest, giantest, fat receivers in the league. Right. And then and then every time they tried to swing and get back instead of thinking complimentary. And I think Adam Thielen, what he can do is what he offers to this is not only production. Right. The ability like in and like this type of playmaking is built off of route running savvy veteran, a guy that's been in the league who looks like he stays healthy. He says he is in uh, in, in the best shape not of his life, but he came out of last season uh, without any injury is a guy who can complement other players. You get a speedster. Right. And he can offer the ability to give that mid-level receiving threat right is the eight the seven yard receive right he can play the slot he can play the x he can play the y and what i think he offers is this is if we get that guy greg maybe we get him next year and next year's draft maybe we get him at 39 this year maybe we go and get a young player but he can be a mentor to a bunch of groups maybe if cody lashney has his way terrace marshall jr is that player Damn. This Maybe. is the type of guy who can mentor them. I think Ooh, what you, I think what you say here 
is his role on this team and the importance what he can do with this staff goes far beyond just on the field. Cody, Agreed. man, we should not have gotten Adam Thielen. Yeah. You know, we and sure the should. reason why is he had never hit free agency before. Right. He he announced this. He announced that he never even intended to visit Carolina. He wanted to be on a team that could win. On top of that, we could not play, I mean, pay him or any of these guys the type of dollars that are going to strap us forever. Right? right. So, like, really, right. we can't woo him with the money. We can't necessarily woo, woo him with a championship like on the horizon. And somehow we still landed this guy. We still la landed him. And I think this is just the latest example in Frank Reich's gravitas, his hmm. presence, the old ball coach, the guy who's been around the league who can get Jim Caldwell to join his staff has now gotten a guy like Adam Thielen to join the Carolina Panthers. And here is Adam Thielen on the Pat McAfee show talking about just why he chose Carolina. Well, and, and to be honest, uh, I probably wasn't going to go on a visit there unless, unless it was um, because of coach. That was the reason why I went there because I've had respect from, for him for a long time, just from afar, you know, playing against him when he was the Eagles offense coordinator, seeing what he did there. And then with the Colts and the teams that he kind of put together there, um, his ability to spread the ball around and get a lot of guys involved and to move the ball, you know, do some of the RPO stuff. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. So that's why I went there. And then when I left the building, it was hard for me not to be excited just because, again, uh, they're, they're ready to win and they want to win and they have a plan. Uh, that was the biggest thing going there is like, oh. what's your what's your plan? Yes. And it was very clear that they have a plan to win um, mm -hmm. and win now and and win the big the big prize. You know, it's not just a. Um, get through a couple of years and, and see how the rookie does. No, it's it's their plan on the win. Hey, you walk in that lock, you're doing a full Dude, I love it, man. Me too. I love it. And dude, oh. this was very controversial. And by the way, every other fan of every other team is like going under every Twitter post, like, oh yeah, right. The Panthers aren't doing shit. They're not, they're not going close. anywhere. They're not oh, going they're, they're, they're. Yeah. listen, man. Adam Thielen walked in this building not expecting anything from us, basically only coming here out of the pure respect for our brand-new head coach, Frank Reich, and he walked away saying, I feel there is a real chance to win a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl, damn it. What is more important than a team of guys that believe they can go all the way? And that's what this man provides to the locker room. He has that type of belief in the situation that he's coming in, into this, you know, Panthers organization that has such a bright future, man. Mm -hmm. Have the number one overall pick at court, uh, you know, in the NFL. You know that we're going to go quarterback. We have, uh, you know, he mentioned how good the defense was in that interview. Hey, another thing to mention, he also said Andy Dalton being in that quarterback room was another big reason for him coming to Carolina, just because you know that no matter what, you're going to have a veteran who has played a lot of meaningful right. NFL snaps at quarterback and, and has done a lot in the NFL, and that meant a lot to him. I mean, think about all the different quarterback coaches that we have on staff that have, you know, have a ton of experience. 
Josh McCown. Frank Reich was, you know, a, a former quarterback. You know, we have the great Dom Capers here in the building. We have the type of people and the type of staff to build a winning culture that Carolina has had so abundantly in the past. Adam Thielen is feeling it. That man is feeling it, if you know what I'm saying. I love I it, bro. I want to highlight this comment. Flying mm-hmm. high, seventeen eighty nine says, "Feel nice, feels nice to have a real NFL coach again." And this is truly what I want mm-hmm. to kind of really focus our beginning uh, discussion on. The Thielen topic has been is about how Frank Reich and his staff adds a real authentic credibility that has been lacking under the fraudulent Matt Rule. And really, honestly, you could argue that this is is really it's attractive here. Here, let me give you there's three, I think three, maybe even four. I'll give you four points, uh, three at the minimum of why I believe we can see that Frank Reich has added a level of credibility that we are have been unfamiliar with really in a long time or maybe ever. Honestly, uh, number one is this Frank Reich in his press conference comes out. And he was conf- his first press conference when he accepted the job. Mm-hmm. He was confident. He had a, a clear vision of how he wanted to do the job and what he wanted to do. But he first he made everything about the players first. You knew mm-hmm. he was a player. Like you knew he understood that while he was him doing his job to the utmost, his best ability was important. He knew that this really is a player's game right away. He gains credibility with players on his team and players throughout the building and the NFL everywhere. Number two, the staff. The hell, Frick, how we got the job is by saying, look, I'm ready. This is my plan for all my coaching staff. Here is the thing. He assembled what people have called like the Avengers staff, Mm, right? But you don't bring in – Jim Caldwell said he didn't want to be an offensive coordinator. He didn't want to be an offensive coordinator, but his relationship with Frank Reich said, this is a good fit for me. You get the top defensive prospect, right? Defensive uh, coordinator prospect in the league. You get veteran coaches with crazy experience from Dom Capers to Jim Caldwell. That screams credibility right there. Screams credibility. He even said this, and you want to talk about a guy who knows football. Man, he said this and that when he was talking about, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with Josh McCown. By the way, he was, some people were thinking he could land a head coaching job at one point. He said, yeah, we just talked ball for two hours. It felt like, oh, shit, this dude, these guys really, really know football. Here's my next point. He got credibility, enough credibility with Tepper, with Fitter, that they felt comfortable enough trading to the number one pick in the draft to get their quarterback. They feel confident that this is the guy and the time that can help them make the right pick. Next, Adam Thielen. He said he didn't want to even come here. Yeah. And you know what? It was Frank Reich's plan. He said this. He said, look, he didn't just come and say, I just want to throw you a bunch of balls or whatever is that this is, like he said, this is how we can envision you contributing to an offense. This is why we got Miles Sanders. 
This is why we got Hayden Hurst. And it's not just, oh, let's add some names. And I want to end with this point. The length on these deals, the three years on Hayden Hurst, the three years on Adam Thielen, and the four years on Miles Sanders says a commitment to these free agents. These are not just free agents that are going to be used and abused and tossed to the wayside. They they understand. They understand that this is an authentic vision to build around a rookie quarterback. Yeah, That's authenticity. That's credibility. Shout out real quick to Bo Carter. He says, uh, sorry to say, but this is the difference between Wilkes and a Reich. And this is what a lot of people were kind of saying. And again, we, you know, nobody can look into a parallel universe and see what uh, Steve would have done. But the, the type of connections and the type of, um, you know, the the air that that Frank Reich has around him and the respect that people have for him around the league it is palpable, man. And the fact that we're now getting players to come here because of Frank Reich, I think speaks volumes about not only who he is as a head coach, but who he is as a man yes. like outside, outside of football. People really respect this dude. And uh, by the way, when, when we say that uh, Carolina has a family atmosphere, oh, but let me tell you, they already feel it. Because even Adam Dylan's little babies are feeling it. Bum, bum, bum. Never feel so good. So good. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I love it, man. Love it. Wonderful. Those are Adam Thielen's kids. Hmm. Dude, they, people want to be here, man. They, they want to be in the Charlotte area. They want to be uh, connected to this incredible Carolina Panthers team. Man, we're, we're doing something right, man. I, I, I don't remember the last time I felt not only this excited as a fan, but where I felt like, for the most part, all the fans around us shared that same excitement, man. Dude, it's a great time to be a fan of the Carolina Panthers, baby. Yeah, I don't even say. I mean, I know it's excitement. Look, I mean, hell, I'm, I feel like I'm running on a but like a highest octane tonight. Good lord, I've been excited in so many. Right? But it's it's an ease, it's a comfortness. I've talked about this a lot. What's up in the? What's next? What's next? What do we got up next? Yeah, up next on the docket. Uh, and again, this kind of goes to what I was saying earlier. Uh, I don't think we're done. Uh, there were reports. Oh, we're that, there, there were reports that came out that the Carolina Panthers were trying to sign Adam Thielen and former Lions wide receiver DJ Shark. Whereas most Panther fans kind of thought that it was going to be one or the other, uh, Fitter was like, "No, man, we're trying to load up on the weapons." Uh, then DJ Shark subsequently went on Instagram and started following. Damn near every Carolina Panthers player with an Instagram oh, account that there is, man. He followed Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin. Uh, you know, it, it really looks like something that... Uh, that, that could that, happen. Yeah, that really could happen. And not only that it could happen, but that the Panthers want to happen. And I've also heard rumors that that's what DJ Chark wants to happen that he wants to come here with the Carolina Panthers. Right. I would love that. You know, he's had some injury histories uh, here and there, but for the most part, this dude has an incredible physical profile. 
tall, fast, checks every box that you want from a receiver. Dude, that would be absolutely incredible for the Carolina Panthers. CK, I heard on Pat McAfee today when they were talking to Adam Thielen. I guess it was today or yesterday's show. Whenever they had him on, I just watch it on YouTube. Whenever right. I'm sitting around, he said uh, he asked, "Are you?" He asked Adam Thielen if he was doing some recruiting, and uh, he said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." And he mentioned Instagram messaging DJ Shark. Uh, listen, I mean that's what you want to see happening. And the fact that they are following each other, and and it sounds like, from what I'd seen, there were some reports that uh, Chark wanted to come here, but we were concerned about his durability. Um, I don't know what the circumstances are, how real those uh, reports are, but um, I do recall uh, hearing something along those lines. So um, something to keep an eye out on, but... uh, that is that would be an interesting situation if that is in fact the the truth. Well, you know, is uh, what this is. I, I don't know if it's just that we haven't uh, paid a lot of attention to our offense in the past ever. It feels like at times. Um, I don't know if it's the the kind of the wins in our and right. and behind our backs because we're going to get that franchise quarterback in that number one pick and we know it's coming and we know that like at least we'll have a time where we believe that the Panthers offense is going to be heading in the right direction. I don't know if it's Frank Reich, but I tell you, man, is that this off that the offensive stuff just gets your blood pumping and boy, uh, Cody, I'd like to go to clip. Uh, one, let's go to one of those clips. Uh, I guess the first clip I sent yeah. about building a squad um, to support a quarterback this is uh, we're going to go to Scott Fitter yesterday at his press conference talking about free agency. And while they talked about free agency, everything was about that quarterback. Oh, my bad. Oh, it's OK. I guess we need sound, huh? I know. Yeah. I hope I got, I hope. I, well, yeah, I clipped this on YouTube, so we should be all right. You know, you're not going to make a move like that without having that pretty much. Man, and, yeah. Well, now we're going through the process of talking to the players and really getting to know them. You know, you know them as players starting back a couple of years when your scouts start, you know, watching these guys, evaluating them. We had a snapshot at the combine where you get 18 minutes talking to them. But really, we want to get to know them, drives them, supporting them, their family. So this is an important time to go through this process. But uh, we do feel good about the group up top. This is your offseason approach and everything you do now that you're one versus nine. Um, we can go ahead and cut it there. The, this is this clip right here is discussing how, uh, they would not have traded up if they had not believed that one of these quarterbacks was the real deal. Right. But they are also committed. Let's go ahead and pull up the next clip. This is Scott Fitter talking about the need and the importance of putting together a team that supports a young quarterback in the right way. And boy, we're going to talk about Cam Newton in a little while, but if you remember Panther fans bemoaning, asking a young guy to do it all by himself, it's a diff. There's a different sheriff in town, Cody. Yeah, well, it started like when you lose DJ Moore. I mean, that hurts. So, how do you replace that? And if you're going to go with a young quarterback, you know, you have to have a running back. You have to have the tight end. You have to have the receivers. We feel like we have the offensive line. You know, brought back Bozeman. 
you know, kind of cemented that that starting five, bringing Justin McRae. Caden Mays is making his move. So we feel good about that. Everything we've done the last couple of years is build the defense, build the offensive line. So we, when we get to that position, we can drop someone in. We're in that position right now. But we, what we wanted to do in free agency is surround that person and then go into the draft, not having to force anything. We don't want to have to take a certain position at 39 just to make take that position. We want to take the best player available. So that's why we made these moves. Not any concern. Y'all's thoughts. Listen, I actually have some very strong thoughts about this, and I've been saying this on um, – no, I've been saying this on on Twitter. Follow me at Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. Um, I, I don't think that the Panthers are one hundred percent sold on who they're going to draft. There's this idea amongst Panther fans that as soon as they executed this trade, that it was set in stone that the Panthers organization, without question, knows who they're going to draft. And listen, maybe I'm out of line here. But I feel that that is fundamentally not true. They haven't been to any of their pro days. They haven't had any of their in-person visits. And keep in mind, those are the ones that matter, right? Because when they come here, they'll spend, you know, most of the day. Like, you know, they'll have like a three-hour visit going through the facility, talking about their life, looking at film, going through all different kinds of things. And those are incredibly important to your evaluation process, the team's overall evaluation process as a whole. I have no doubt in my mind that there is a leader in the clubhouse, right? That they probably have somebody who has a higher grade than than the other player. But, I mean, think about how fans are so torn right now. Like, you can make legit arguments for either of Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud being the number one quarterback in this year's draft. Now, imagine an entire front office filled with people, filled with football people who all have strong opinions and strong convictions on the quarterback position. I guarantee you there are people inside that building that love C.J. Stroud. I know Josh McCown is one of them. Then I know you're going to have people that love the processing ability of a player like Bryce Young. So in my mind, the idea that the Carolina Panthers – no, right now, on March the 21st, who they're going to be drafting on April 27th? I'm sorry, but that's absurd to me, man. I don't think that they're sold on either one of them yet. They can't I don't, be, and they shouldn't be. I think that we're kind of splitting hairs a different way, though. Is I'm not saying they know exactly which one. Is it going to be Stroud or Young? They're going to put pick, and they're set in stone yet. They talked about like how these visits are going to be important. There's still a lot to, more to get to know and helping them make that decision. I just feel that they conf- they're confident that one of those two players right there, and if you want to expand it, right. is what they're saying is they're confident that they can get a, a, a franchise-level quarterback in this draft, and it's not a reach. That's it. I don't want to say who that, that they've decided on it. CK, we are getting a um, – we're getting a rookie quarterback. And yeah. it's going to happen whether or not people uh, – well, actually, everybody wants it. It does feel good to assemble a squad around that could support him. 
I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, if we can get uh, a group of guys together that make his life easier, I think that's going to be a recipe for success. I mean, especially if this guy is going to be starting week one, which by all uh, all the things that are said in this press conference, this is the intention. This isn't going to be a scenario where maybe it's Andy Dalton starting. Like from what they're stating, this is going Andy was brought in to help a guy start from day one. Right. And and that's that's what he understands his role to be. And that's what uh, this coaching staff understands is what they're looking for out of a quarterback. So, I mean, if you're if that is the goal, then there's no better situation to have yourself have your uh, your rookie quarterback be in than to have a, a, a guy like Thielen and and Hayden Hurst and and, and I mean, just established veterans like we don't have a, a group of young, uh, young people on this team. And TMJ being able to grow with a rookie quarterback, I think, is is an incredible opportunity for him to show what he's capable of doing. Too many times, I think he's been given the short end of the stick, if you will. And so now it's going to be uh, his his opportunity to show the world what he's actually capable of doing. At the end of the day, Cody, they might not have the guy uh, selected right now or like set in stone, but this is the most important pick uh, in, not in Panthers history. This is probably the second most important pick in Panthers history. We've had the number one pick yeah. one other time. We've had the number two pick where we got Julius Peppers. This has been the most important pick in the Carolina Panthers franchise um, since the Cam Newton pick. Cody Lack, right now there are two people who are in the running. I want to shout out at these skills. Uh, go to carolinacatchronicles.com. And uh, check out his most recent article, Picking the Reich Quarterback, Young versus Stroud. These are the two names. Before we get into some of the meat and bones or the meat and potatoes of his argument, these are the two guys. These are mm-hmm. the two names, are they not? Without question, they are. I mean, in my mind, yeah, it's, it, it's you know, without question. And this is kind of... Uh, attaching to the previous point that I just made, in my mind, when you moved up to number one, or if you're the Carolina Panthers and you moved up to number one, it guaranteed you the right to choose one of those two young men, either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Now, whoever that ends up being, fine. But it it guarantees that you're going to get your pick. No matter who you end up valuing right. more highly, it's going to be between those, and you're guaranteed yourself the right to be able to grab them. Mm-hmm. Definitely check out CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Our boy D's Ill Skills coming through, supporting the website, and writing some content, man. Uh, he wrote a fantastic article. Again, man, over here at C3, we want people to feel like you are a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. And you are, man. This is for the fans, by the fans. We want you to feel like your voice matters here because it does, man. So that means you have to support Panther family, C3 Panther family, when you have the opportunity. Go read this brand new article. You put a ton of time and effort into it. And might I say, my boy did a pretty damn good job, if I do say so myself. Yeah, the backbone of this article, I mean, clearly the article by the title is uh, the right quarterback, Young versus Stroud. But what he made was a kind of an interesting analogy 
to how some of the discussions unfolded. And I believe it was, yeah, the 2018 NFL draft where Baker Mayfield was coming off a Heisman trophy year, undersized, but revered as a college player. And then you got another prototypical size quarterback. On the other hand, that a lot of people like Sam Darnold, he didn't win the Heisman, but he had that six, three two twenty five, the arm strength, the mobility, and that landed him the number third, the number three overall pick. But what he's ultimately talking about is the gravity of this pick and how important it is. And really at the kind of the difference, the difficulty in making this pick is you get a Bryce Young, Greg, who is um, who is accomplished, who has been a great playmaker, who won the Heisman, who has that kind of intangible it factor, right? And then you get on the other side, a guy that gives you comfort in his size mm-hmm. and his ability and, uh, and, and really arms like kind of, and the Carolina Panthers are going to have to weigh which one of these factors. Is it the concerns that push you towards the other guy or are there attributes that pull you to one of these guys, Greg? Well, I mean, I, once again, I, I think they're both, Fantastic first picks. I don't think the I think the consolation prize for whoever, whoever has number two is a pretty good consolation. Uh, but it goes back to the argument I made the other day about uh, it, it comes down to I can teach what what, what CJ Stroud lacks I can improve on. What Bryce Young lacks I can't. And I'm not saying that Bryce Young lacks like it's like going to be a terrible quarterback. He may end up being the best quarterback in the NFL. And it's why I lean more to CJ Stroud is because I can improve CJ Stroud's faults, if any. I can't improve any of Bryce Young's, you know. And and I I've seen quarterbacks come from systems where everything for them is perfect as far as best offensive line, best wide receivers, best defense coming in. And I'm not saying that Bryce Young is going to fail. But I've just seen this before. The problem is, no matter what the quarterback is, you always have the issue of what if. I was looking at the top uh, 50 uh, NFL busts the other day, drafts, and Jamarcus Russell was number one. And I think the top 10, like six of them were quarterbacks. Quarterback is a tough position to pick, man. Yeah. And you know what? The number number one one. pick, the number one pick overall is either, oh, uh, is either. Uh, a franchise hall of famer or a bust mm-hmm. you can't be a pretty good quarterback mm-hmm. and be number one yeah i mean I just ask jared goff just ask even baker mayfield well and i mean i like is that baker had some success in a terrible place but jared goff is a prime example uh was matt stafford number one overall yeah he was for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he I, won a Super Bowl, but you could have said the same thing for him until he went to the Rams. So, Tony, I've got some uh, some pretty good breaking news. Our boy just don't care. Just gave out five gifted subs to five special people to become a C three super wow. fan. Man, that's nice. incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Just don't care. We love you, buddy. Everybody, hit that like and subscribe. And listen. Uh, hey, there's no better time than right now for me to drop this little tidbit. So, look, uh, if you've been around C3 for a while, in years past, it's really been hard for us to do film sessions just because we would try to go live and they would always get pulled off of YouTube. Uh, so we have a cool little trick for everybody. These are still going to go up on YouTube, but for $1.99 a month, you get first access to the 2023 C3 film room, baby. And I'm not talking about 15 minutes. I'm talking about these are hour-long film room sessions where we grind the tape of three different games from these quarterbacks coming up in the draft, both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. We're going to have it where these videos are going to go up for all the super fans first. And then later on, they're going to go up on YouTube for everyone else to watch. But if you want to see these before everyone else, dude, all you have to do, hit that join button. Join the C3 Panthers fandom for only $1.99 a month. A bunch of film sessions. We just did Bryce Young. Uh, uh, we, we watched three separate pieces of film for Bryce Young. And we're going to do more on Bryce. We're going to do more on CJ. We're going to try and do some edge rushers at some point. We're going to do some receivers. Man, it's going to be incredible. If you love to crunch the film and you really want to know what separates the number one and number two quarterback in this year's draft, hit that join button, baby. Support the C3 Panthers podcast. And uh, we're going to have a good time doing it, baby. That's good news, people. That yeah, is dude. good news, people. Uh, and uh, you know what? Is it's a small way to support the show. A dollar ninety nine, a monthly donation gets you, you know, some small loyalty things. But really, it's a way for us to continue to grow the channel, particularly. And I know anything that people give is a lot in this difficult. I would say difficult time. Boy, the uh, not the inf inflation's hitting me. 
incredibly lately. So I know it's like that on everybody. So a little bit rather from uh, from a lot rather than a lot from a little is a great way for us to continue to band together and build this community. Another way you can support the show, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, and even call in at 252-228-5098. Now this story and the discussion for the next month or more Actually, it's about a month and a week. How long? We got to start doing a countdown, I guess, to yeah, the really. draft. If somebody could tell us how many days to the draft it is, it will be. It's going to be, is it C.J. Stroud? Is it Bryce Young? And you're going to hear about people talking about how Bryce Young is the guy. He needs to be the guy. Then you're going to have people telling you there's C.J. Stroud. That is is the guy. And I'm going to tell you one thing. You're also going to get a lot of smoke, a lot of sleight of hand. And boy, are the Panthers engaged in all types of deception and potentially luring old players in. Legends, legends Uh to run interference. Here's Thomas Davis talking about the Carolina Panthers and who they are going to pick at number one. And you look at Bryce Young, you look at his resume. The kid was the Heisman Trophy winner last year for a reason. And then when you put guys around him like Alabama has, he played in the SEC, the highest level of competition in football, in college football. I just think that he's going to come in and he would fit well in Carolina if they were going to draft him. But like you said, DJ, I don't think that he's going to be their pick. I think it's going to be a very, very surprising pick in Carolina. Oh, But, I mean... I will say this. If this pick happens that who I think that they are in love with, I'm not a fan of it. Okay, wow. so hold on. You can't, you can't uh, spill the beans here. I, I, Take I just, that. I just know, I just wow. know that there are a couple of guys upstairs that, that are enamored by the physical ability of Anthony Richardson. I'll no. just say wow. Mm. One overall. That will have some fun. Uh, well, yeah. last time they took a quarterback one overall, it was Cam. So, like, you know, right? Mm. I mean, this they, they he's not Cam Newton. Quarterback. No. He's not Cam Newton. I love that. We he's not Cam Newton. play a lot. Thank um, you. Who is? Me being an SEC guy, I he has all the physical characteristics of being a really good quarterback in the NFL, but I don't think that he he's going to be that great player that the Carolina Panthers need to take them to the next level. When you look at Bryce Young, what he brings to the table, he's a proven winner. When you look at C.J. Stroud, what he brings to the table, this kid has proven he can win football games. Anthony Richardson, on the other hand, Will Levis, on the other hand, those guys have been in programs that could potentially be good, but they just haven't been. And it's the reason, had, to me, has been the quarterback position. I know. Wow. Thomas Davis. Now, I mean, he okay. on that one. He, he really did. Uh, I mean, he definitely did. My, my question to you, what does Thomas Davis actually know? And White Chocolate, I see you don't know. We're definitely going to get to him. I promise you, brother. Uh, but when it comes to Thomas Davis, my mind, I think he's kind of running interference for the Carolina Panthers. I think, you know, everybody knows that Thomas Davis is on the NFL network now. You know, he has a speaking job in front of everyone. So why would anyone in the organization, I mean, be giving Thomas Davis, uh, you know, top secret information about who we're going to be drafting? Look, maybe he knows something. I don't know. All I'm saying is is that if, you know, to me, this seems very unlikely. It seems when, as though he's hinting. Category. 
it seems as though he's hinting at Anthony Richardson, but in my mind, there is just no way that you've moved all the way up to number one to take Anthony Agreed. Richardson, man. To me, it just well, does not seem like a good move. Well, he wasn't hinting at it. He straight up said Anthony yeah. Richardson, didn't he? Yeah, there, yeah, there's he no hinting at all. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Cody. I, I think that if Carolina drafts Anthony Richardson number one, and no, I'm not trying to disrespect Anthony Richardson. I just feel there's better players ahead of him in the same position. Uh, I feel like it's it, it it could be a bust. Now, Anthony Richardson could come in the NFL and be the next Lamar Jackson, for all I know, or the next Cam Newton, for all I know. But I just feel like, based on the information we have, he's not the best selection for number one for Carolina. Yeah. CK, you want to jump in before we read some Super Chats? Dude, I think that if we moved up to one to get Anthony Richardson... I think there'd be a lot of people. If we had gotten him and moved up to like four to do it, I don't think you're going to have a lot of people upset about it, right? Not not everybody's going to be like jumping over joy. I mean, but moving up to one when you have these two guys who, as Thomas Davis put, is a proven uh, commodity in the uh, in in college. I mean, I think that's just a heavy risk, and I, I don't think that this organization is prepared to do that with a fan base that is coming off of three, four, five years of quarterback mediocrity, right? Uh, I I just don't see them taking a risk on a guy like that. I know he has incredible upside, but for what they gave up, I mean, you gave up a DJ more, right? You don't, you don't get a super athletic guy and, you know, as a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, and, and sign the types of people that they've been signing. I think the signings that they have here have told me that it's it's clearly going to be a guy like Bryce Young who is ready to start day one. They're going to be focusing on that offensive line, I feel like, and trying to secure that internal or that interior line. Um, but, man, I I cannot, for the life of me, figure out in what world, outside of us trading down for a, you know a, 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 a incredible haul of picks or what have you. There's just no scenario where I think we're taking anybody other than CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of people think that it kind of seems like a, again, like Thomas Davis is kind of playing the game a little bit at this point, which, Hey, somebody said a plant, he's a plant. And as as my bastard son said, he would never say that without being told that it was okay to leak a little here and there and try to get, kind of people uncomfortable all over the place everywhere. Cody, read out these super chats and then turn the mic over to the voice that makes a voice. Oh yeah, man. Look, shout out to all these incredible members uh, donating to the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, First, we got a couple from your bastard son, White Talks Espresso. Went on a date with the crazy. What's up, C3? (laughs) Of course he would. Of Of course course he did. Of course he would. Uh, he also says uh, people burping and slurping for quarterbacks who haven't taken a snap in the NFL yet. Calm down. Papa Zanny and Toe Cup. Hey, I think everybody could do a little bit of that in their life. Uh, Hank Rebel says, welcome to Orange Jelly Ninja. We'll, we'll, oh, don't worry. Well, I'm going to let you get them, CK. Rare Gamer 99 uh, says the discussion about short quarterbacks isn't new. A modern version of... Uh, Eddie LeBaron and Doug Flutie would be absolutely deadly in the NFL. 
appreciate you, Rare Gamer. Uh, White Chocolate again with the 199 says uh, he wouldn't say this unless someone told him to do so. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that point. Terrence Ingram uh, says if we draft AR-15 at 1, we're going to riot. He's not terrible, but we could have stayed at 9 for that. Keep pounding. And listen, I told uh, my boy CK he could get back to it because we got a brand new member. Give him them pipes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a brand new member of the C3 Superfan Club. We want to welcome Orange Jelly Ninja. For joining the club, we want to say we appreciate your support. Anybody who has joined in the past, who will join in the future, we thank you. And you are a part of an elite group of human beings who have said we want to help support C3. For $1.99, all the Super Chats, we love all of you. Thank you so much. Welcome, Orange Jelly Ninja, to the Super Fan Club. Welcome, Orange Jelly. And look, we got one at the last minute, so we might as well read it. Forest City Kitty says, welcome to Carolina, Adam. Love the show. Keep pounding. Appreciate you, Forest City. Let's talk about that debate about the size versus Stroud. That's going to be, that's what we should say. It's size versus Stroud is a way to think about it. If this has been a discussion throughout the NFL history, it continues to be one. Here is Frank Reich when he's asked about how they weigh these kinds of things when evaluating a quarterback. When If there's 10 categories that you look at in a quarterback, or any player for that matter. The real question is not how to evaluate each of those categories. The, I mean, that's p- part of the question. A big part of the question is how much are you going to weight each of those categories? So um, they're all a factor. Everything's a factor. But ultimately, um, it really comes down to being a, being a playmaker, you know, being a guy who can make plays all over the field. Um, and that happens a lot of different ways. You weigh that, that stature piece of yeah, I mean, that would be like giving the proprietary formula for Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know why that just came out like that. Not not that I want to put my evaluation of quarterbacks, you know, on that level of, you know. Um, no, but that's what that's what's unique about every club, right? I mean, we all weight it slightly different. Um, you know, we all weight it slightly different. And so just excited to dig into these guys. What is the pr- Frank has been, uh, you know what is is look at man, he's been cool. Look, he's so nice. He apologizes when he doesn't even say anything wrong. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be a smartass." And you're like, "Well, that's actually a great way of describing it. You don't give away the secret sauce, baby. Yeah. You're not going to show your hand right now. We can't show our hand, Thomas Davis. Thanks for doing that magic tr- the sleight of hand for us, baby. Look, can we just go ahead and play the one?" With David Newton, because uh, dude, you want to hear it? Yeah, dude. Listen, you have to give credit to Dave Newton. He wins. Whether you love him or hate him, he always produces the best soundbite of every single press conference, dude. I'm on your team, Tony. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, uh, you think Frank Reich has been winning these press conference? David Newton remains undefeated. How many of the four quarterbacks you guys have targeted are you comfortable with that could be the guy? <laughs> like really? <laughs> so like really? <laughs> uh, that's a funny question. Um, I think that I think they're all have really good traits. 
I think they all have really good traits. I mean, out of the four guys you've targeted, how many are you really targeting? <laughs> Who yeah. is the guy? David Newton once again asking the heavy hitting questions, bro. Mm-hmm. You guys play him, think he's a fool. He's playing all of y'all. That's hilarious, man. Dude, how do you not love David Newton at this point? Dude, even even if you don't like his questions or you don't like his antics, dude, the the fact that we get moments like those, it, it makes every press conference a can't miss press conference. He's undefeated. You, yeah, you don't know what he's going to say. And dude, you know what? I think the people in the staff and on the team, I think they like it. I think they like him. Who doesn't? Oh, I mean, you I know think what? There's plenty of people out there who I know. Would put him on the category of people that they don't want asking questions. I mean, you you can't, he's invincible, bro. He is invincible. Do you know how many times people people try to get this dude fired? They they tag ESPN. They do all of this. David Newton ain't going nowhere. This dude gets more clicks than anybody. Sure. Dude, he's he's the man, dude. Yeah. By the way, we've had David Newton on the podcast before. We're definitely gonna try and. Uh, and get him on again. And dude, he was cool answering every single question that we asked him. You know, yeah. like, every single thing. So shout out to Dave Newton. Um, he's awesome. Did you have another clip that you wanted to play, Tony? No, nope, nope, that's it for right now. I want to kind of keep moving through the show. We're doing a great pace right here. I don't mm-hmm. I want to remind everybody that the number is 252-228-5098. We want to get your thoughts on this. We've got a lot more to cover. We've got to talk about Cam Newton still. We've got news around the NFL, but we got to get some calls in here, Cody. I feel like let's take a couple of calls before we give them what they really want, which is a little shame in their game. Oh, let's do it, baby. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, Very uncomfortable. How do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Yo, 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 C3, it's JJ. Um, I'm calling this week, uh, uh, more so because the media just can't, can't, can't be serious. They, they don't like us do that. Like, um, Every podcast or every other show about sports that I try to listen to or watch, when they talked about the Panthers trading up to number one, they barely talked about the Panthers. They always talk about the Bears. And I can't be the only one who's getting sick and tired of everyone every day just not stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, Thank you. who really yes. gives a fuck at this point? And uh, also, I wanted to say shout-out to Greg, who uh, who, who said I up the Kendrick Perkins last week about that whole topic uh, in the NBA because that was also making me annoyed and sick and tired of that shit. So, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope everything is going well for you all. Uh, have a great Tuesday, C3. Keep pounding. Pound, appreciate you, JJ. Greg's the yeah, favorite caller right there. Yeah, it sounds like him and I would get along just great, to be honest with you, because I think we opened the show with me saying exactly that right there. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, there, there really is this sentiment. And let's be real, there's been this sentiment for a long time, way before this season, that the media 
they kind of poo-poo the Carolina Panthers. Like, you know, we're not, we're not the big talking point that other markets are tuning in to listen about. Maybe now because we're picking number one, but it does just seem like the mainstream media outlets, like they just have this air of disrespect towards the Carolina Panthers. Right. I don't know. Maybe we're jaded. Maybe we're seeing things that don't exist. But so many Panther fans feel like we're just disrespected by the mainstream media, dude. It's sickening. Well, I once again, I do believe this is a story written up. I believe the NFL has teams they push that they want to move forward every year, but you can't control everything. And there's always a team that comes out that's not really a you know very prominent in the media as before the season starts. So maybe Carolina is meant to be that team. But you know, I, I know when we traded for number one, I couldn't wait till that Monday to get to hear NFL shows that that came out that Monday to talk about Carolina trading number one, and all they talked about was was Chicago. And, and how Carolina lost. And then uh, through everything we picked up throughout the rest of the week, all I've heard about is other signings everywhere else. I haven't heard anybody talk about Sanders coming to Carolina. Nobody's talking about Thielen. Nobody's talking about Bozeman. Nobody is talking about Carolina stuff in the media. But that's okay. Because usually when that happens, we come yeah, in we're and pretty have a good, good season. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, I think so, the thing cool that just that. irritates. I think what's irritated, I won't say irritated about me. I'm just kind of, I don't even look at the national media hardly at all anymore. You know, I, I go to YouTube for even my political news, it feels like, and I, and, get, and getting involved with people that I, I learned maybe start to trust or I watch for other different reasons because I don't trust them. But I think the thing that's just driven me crazy about this whole damn thing from fans to not our fans, but other fan bases and that national media narrative is that we overpaid for this number one pick. And I just don't understand that argument. And that's where I think no. what Greg is saying, what JJ is saying does really have some validity in this case, because if this is San Francisco trading up to three and whatever the hell they had to offer for Trey Lance, brilliant planning ahead. Right. I mean, like the other people, this was not an expensive deal to move from nine to one as quickly as we did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they turn it to questions like, hey, did the Bears fleece the Carolina Panthers, this and that, that's irritating, CK. Dude, I, I, I expressed disinterest of that, you know, pretty early on, um, you know, busting with the boys. They had this uh, this tweet that they put out. And and honestly, kudos to them. And, and I put this out in my tweet. Like, it's a marketing thing, right? You're, you're out there. Who are you going to cater your market to? The... Carolina Panthers, or are you going to cater it to the Chicago Bears? Well, of course, you're going to focus on the Chicago Bears being the winner of that trade because they're going to be the ones flocking to your uh, to your podcast, right? So at the end of the day, they're probably winning because their subscriber count is going up because the Bears fans are like wanting to hear more about how they think that we they just fleeced the Carolina Panthers for this trade. When in all reality... Just like literally days, if not weeks before this trade, Bears fans were 100% confident if they were going to trade with the Panthers, they were getting three first round draft picks, DJ Moore, Brian Burns, and, you know, every draft pick we have this year, right? And it wasn't the case. Like, it just wasn't even coming close to that type of a compensation. But yet, here we are. We're the ones that got fleeced in this entire thing where... Now we're going to be potentially getting our, our franchise quarterback. 
Did we pay more than I think many of us want to have to worry about paying? Sure. But we've also been without a quarterback for five years, right? If we get a quarterback, as Cody has said multiple times when it comes to trading away picks for a quarterback, it is absolutely irrelevant how many picks we've traded away to get the guy. If he turns out to be the guy, we're not going to look back at this moment and say, man, I wish I had those picks back. Yeah. Absolutely. This was way, uh, way less riskier, Cody, than uh, the Browns giving everything in the world for Deshaun Watson with oh, all yeah. the money. People have shown the hesitation with Lamar Jackson. The money now, it's not the draft picks for a lot of that. It's the money and what that does to your ability to build around. They didn't overpay for this. And it turns out we've gotten a little bit more information some of this was secretly and while this uh, like some people will say, hey, do we really know if this was completely true? The details of this, I haven't verified this tweet, but watching uh, Scott Fitter's press conference yesterday, he said, look, there were some things that they wanted at first that we weren't willing to give. Um, so this tell yeah. us about what this is about. Uh, Bears GM Ryan Poles told the Panthers, Scott Fitter, general manager, Scott Fitter or what? Yeah, so apparently the rumor is uh, GM Ryan Poles said to Scott Fitterer, if you want to close the deal right now, give me one of these three players. He then requested J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, or D.J. Moore. And the question they pose is, did the Bears fleece the Panthers? And no, I'm sorry, C-Dog, I got to disagree with you, bro. But no, I think we fleeced them. Look, man, I love me some DJ Moore, and I am so incredibly grateful for every single thing that DJ has done as a Carolina Panther in his time here. But let's be real, man. We barely ever had winning seasons with DJ Moore. And if you want to go through defensive end, cornerback, or wide receiver, I'm sorry, but wide receiver is by far the easiest of those three positions to refill and recoup. There is no way that we could have gotten rid of Brian Burns or that we could have gotten rid of J.C. Horn and had any chance to replace them in a short, meaningful time period. There was just no way possible. Whereas, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to accommodate the missing DJ Moore much sooner than we ever would have been able to accommodate missing Brian Burns or J.C. Horn. The fact that we essentially only gave up one first-round pick next year to be drafting number one overall, I'm sorry. There was no way for Fitterer to finesse this draft better than he did. I think that the Panthers clearly got the best of this trade and I'm not just being a Homer biased Panther fan. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think, yeah. Um, and I, I agree is that here is that look is the only reason people could say JC Horn is a guy they'd rather give up is just because he's had injuries uh, in, in throughout his career already. But at every moment he's shown himself just as elite as DJ has shown himself throughout his career. And it's a lot easier to find a wide receiver that can hell that that is in the upper echelon of the NFL than it is any of these other players. Just ask the Carolina Panthers who got DJ Moore at like 16. And I 
while I think DJ Moore is a very good, good NFL player, I don't think he's a, he's definitely not a top five NFL receiver in this league. Maybe you can make an argument, I guess, for top 10 productivity with the thousand yards and bad quarterbacks. A lot of people are going to give a lot of ifs and buts. But you know what? What do you always say, Cody? Ifs and buts. Hey, if my, if my, if my, oh, dang, I'm, I'm messing up. Uh, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. And let's I've been hearing to, that since I was 10 years old. <laughs> let's go uh, to another call. The number's 252-228-5098. This is our good old friend, Panther Pickle, and secret friend of G-Baby. <laughs> hey, this is Panther Pickle. Let me tell you what, boys and girls. Uh, if you think you know exactly what the Panthers are doing, you're screwed you don't. Because the Panthers know absolutely nothing of what the hell they're doing or who they're drafting anyway. They know who they're, what they're doing. They just don't know who they're drafting. You know what? This goes right down to the same story that I said yesterday all over Twitter or earlier this week anyway. One thing that's purely evident that Panther top is split in two. I believe that some folks in that organization – Scott Fitter being one of them, absolutely love Bryce Young. They love his intelligence. They love his, 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 they, they love the intelligence he shows on the field and everything about him. Uh, but I think the coaching staff, particularly Frank Wright, has always enamored higher, taller quarterbacks. And I believe that that is the difference of the two. I do believe there is a contingent in that. Fan, uh, the coaching staff or, or the front office somewhere that likes Anthony Richardson. Now, who that pick is going to be, I don't know. I really don't. I don't even think right now they know. But they're, they're in the process of doing it down. They'll go to every single pro day involving these four quarterbacks. And I think they're only going to go to Will Levis's pro day just to say they showed up to it. But um, one thing about it, Panther Pickle will always be a Panther fan. You will not see me clamming my door and walking out. I've been with that organization before the organization was an organization, and I damn will be there till the day I die. Let me try. Uh, God bless you and keep pounding. Keep pounding. Great call, Pickle. And hit that damn like button, fool. Come on, man. Hey, oh, get him. Pickle get him. bringing the fire tonight. Let's go, Panther oh, Pickle. Man. Let's go back to the conversation of CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. And I'm going to tell you this is uh, I, I felt like this is each and every week until the draft, somebody was going to be able to make a, a some sort of pitch to me that's going to pick from one put from one player to the other, right? So I'll be CJ Stroud today, and then I'll be Bryce Young tomorrow, and then I'll switch back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. But I've kind of tried to convince myself at first that the reason I like CJ Stroud and maybe was underestimating Bryce Young was because of that comfortableness, that ease that comes with that size versus the risk that comes with the the smaller statue. But I tell you, the more and more I listen to C.J. Stroud talk, I see, you know, people breaking down his film and discussing him. I don't really believe that my decision, my like for C.J. Stroud is based on his size. 
I think he has the intelligence. I think he has the ability that is comparable, if not arguably, I mean, a better than a Bryce Young. And here is Chris Sims on why he is the only quarterback that he believes is tier one. He's the only quarterback. He's the only quarterback in tier one. So to Chris Sims, there is a clear number one quarterback in this draft class. Yeah. And that quarterback is CJ Stroud, Ohio State. CJ Stroud is beyond blown away from what I've seen. I knew it was good. Blown away when I turn on the film and you start to dive into it. Blown away to where the film to me and everything I've seen I go, this is as close to Joe Burrow as I've seen coming out in the draft here. I mean, when you just talk about great decision-making, right? Quickness. I mean, that was Joe Burrow. Oh, boom, read the coverage. Boom, oh, ball goes here. Oh, hey, oh, first guy's not open. Boom, as I'm looking to the second guy, I'm getting ready to throw, and it comes out, and bam, it's flawless. I throw the ball. And then when you talk about hitting the bullseye on a consistent basis, C.J. Stroud's ability to make high-level throws and just drop the ball in receivers' pockets, hit it in their, hit them in the chest, wherever, it's off the charts good. That is Chris Sims on. Um, and, man, and you can go, look, you can go on uh, the 33rd-something podcast, and they're on YouTube, and it's all old GMs and professional old coaches. Jordan Palmer's up there talking about he had three things that he said this is what a quarterback needs to advance into the NFL he believed in a mobility to extend plays he said look CJ Stroud you might make that criticism but he's proved it to us that he's mobile enough not to run 50 yards down the field necessary but to finish a game with 50 yards rushing by having eight uh six or seven eight yard runs picking up fourth downs picking up third downs he mm-hmm. talked about the ability uh to really uh what was it oh it was the release the quick release and it wasn't what he said t- he said some people make this mistake about the ability to just move your arm fast essentially and get out the ball he was talking about the quick processing release that comes about with like is making is going through your progressions quickly and then he talked a lot the third thing he talked about was just that kind of elite accuracy. And he said exactly what you've been saying, Cody. It's not just CJ Stroud having a big arm. He said this is it's about putting the ball in places to win. And we're not just talking tight windows. He said, he said, yeah, people are going to talk about how wide open these receivers were. Sure, they're going to talk about that. But the thing is, is he's putting it where these guys are not holding up. I mean, he is hitting them in stride and he's making them even look more open than they really were. Other quarterbacks that don't have that feel, that touch, that accuracy, they're going to have to slow down. They're going to have to come back. They're going to have to try to speed up. He's making it look he's making his receivers look great. He really does, man. I mean, he he throws the type of ball where it's like you couldn't go up to the receiver and hand the ball to them any better. Like he puts the ball in a spot where the defensive back trying to cover just has no chance of even getting their hand on the football. I've said this multiple times now. Even at the combine, you see C.J. Stroud throwing balls with touch, timing, accuracy, and literally 
Uh, I mean, throwing the football before the receivers even go out of the break with receivers that he's never prepared or ever yeah. trained with ever before. I, I really do. I love C.J. Stroud as a prospect. One of the comparisons that you hear a lot for C.J. Stroud is Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think C.J. Stroud has a bigger arm than Joe Burrow. I think he has more drive. I think he has a little more arm talent. And I, I really do think he has that gamesmanship that you want from a franchise quarterback. Now, you're going to want to see more at the next level because that Georgia game is really where he had his most complete performance ever, passing the football, running the football, doing everything required that you want your quarterback to be able to do at the next level. He goes through his progressions incredibly well. He knows leverage. Uh, he, He just understands what to do when the defense gives him a problem, I mean, he's going to have to adjust to the speed of the NFL, but I have no problem with somebody believing that CJ Stroud is the number one quarterback in this year's draft. Boom, boom. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. The, the only, the only issue I have with this, and I haven't looked at Sims other list before this, I agree with what he's saying, and I'm on that same side with C.J. Stroud. That's the guy that I'm wanting for number one. I just don't understand how Hendon Hooker and uh, Thompson Robinson move up to this two and four spot or three and five. Who's Thompson Robinson? I don't. That's what I'm saying. Played for UCLA. There is yeah. Oh, oh, in the five spot, tier four, tier four. He's right in the tiers though. Don't right. look at the numbers. Look at the tiers, right? Tier one, tier two, tier three. So tier three is physical attributes, but project, right? Tier four is probably okay. who knows what that may be. When it comes to Chris Sims, though, historically, sometimes he's been a little controversial, but he's been kind of, you know, I think the only one that he uh, has been really wrong on is saying Zach Wilson. But also, it doesn't yeah. look like that class also at all has really turned out. Who was in? Is there who was the best? Trevor out of that Lawrence, group? baby. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, is um that you know? But he's who are some of the guys he's picked in the past that have been big time? And I tell you, this is go listen to him, Chris Sims talk about it. The full thing. He'll do sixteen minutes on this. And I got to say, Chris Sims greater than Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> yeah. By the way, see, uh, Dan Orlovsky is another person who does have CJ as his number one quarterback in this year's uh, draft class. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead, CK. I was going to say, I think Dan or- Orlovsky is a is a more genuine person with his uh, with his uh, his takes. I don't think he has the I'm going to pick somebody just to, you know, or I'm going to have a take that's just going to be getting me clicks. I feel like we've had that with Chris Sims in the past. Um, you know, uh, nothing coming off the top of the dome, but I remember, you know, there was a time when Chris Sims did some outlandish stuff that, that, you know, Panthers fans in, in, in particular, uh, were, uh, were raising our eyebrows at, but nonetheless, he, he had Josh Allen ranked ahead of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, which remember at the time that was blasphemy. 
that was like, what are you even smoking, right? Uh, and then he had Justin Herbert ahead of two attack of Iloa. So it, 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 it seems like a lot of his mm. stuff is, is clickbait, but he has been right uh, a good amount of times. Okay. He was definitely wrong on the Will Levis pick. No doubt about that, especially Zach Wilson. Above. Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson, same thing, right? Will Levis, it Zach happens. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But um, especially putting him over Trevor Lawrence. But uh, I, yeah, listen, I, I do respect Sims' opinion. You know, I, I like the way he looks at film. I don't have to agree with him all the time. And right. by the way, I'll say this too. Bryce Young has a ton of tremendous upside as well. Mm-hmm. To me, he's one of the best pre and post snap processors that I've seen coming out of college in a long time. And I do think the offense that he comes from and how much control he had over that Alabama offense is an ace in the hole for Bryce Young, considering that's going to be more NFL speed than what CJ Stroud was doing. So you can make a legitimate argument for either one of these guys being the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers, April 27th, of this year. But before we ever get to that, listen, man, there's a lot of people in the chat room right now, and we know you like to hear us talk about the Carolina Panthers, but there's one thing that we know you like even more. Talk to these freaks, Big Papa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, The Carolina Panthers are one month away from having a franchise quarterback. You've come here to the C3 Panthers podcast to talk about the signings of Adam Thielen, the press conferences, the news, the the pundits, the the rumors. But you haven't hit that like button yet? Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. Three hundred and seven people watching right now. What an incredible number! One hundred and thirty-six thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell for every single time the C Three Panthers podcast goes live. If you would like to have early access to some great film room sessions that I'm doing on this channel, hit that join button for only a dollar ninety-nine a month and support the C Three Panthers podcast in-depth film reviews of this year's top two quarterbacks. We're going to have a great time doing it, man. And you know C3 Panthers podcast. We never take a break. We're here year round. So if you enjoy that content, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit that notification bell. Tony Don, what's up next? Let's keep going with these calls. What's going on, C3 family? D, Sanford, North well, Carolina. Been a while since I hit in. I really just been absorbing and soaking in all the news we've been making as of late. I've had excitement. I've been happy. Now, I know there's a lot of people out here that believe that there's some other shenanigans, Anthony Richardson and so forth. I kind of honestly believe that we didn't trade from nine to get to one by Anthony Richardson. Now, I understand when we look at the measurables of him, he's nothing but a, a real-life 
create a player on Madden with 97, 98 speed about the size of George Kittle. I understand that. That all sounds sexy and attractive, especially at number nine. But when we're talking number one and we're talking Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, we can't guarantee who's going to be great and who's going to be a bust. But we can also say in the same breath that these dudes have gave us a sample serving of a resume to make us think that our franchise could be all right for the next four or five years and beyond. So I am cool with that. I'm excited about Adam Thielen. I'm cool with Miles Sanders. I'm cool with all the additions, Deshaun Williams, so forth. It's just me, and I'm not trying to scare Panther Nation. But I remember like 1999, 2000, when Snyder was trying to make a leap with the Redskins at the time, and they brought in Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders and Brad Johnson, their quarterback, and how horrible, horrible they were. And I don't believe that's going to be us. But me being realistic, well, not even realistic, trying to prepare my heart, so I just don't get overwhelmed and excited and all this this great pampiness that we got going on. But shout out to Frank Wright. Shout out to Scotty Pitter. Hey, even shout out to Tupper right now. Because at least right now we look like a legitimate team that knows where they're going, know how they're gonna get there and gonna execute on getting there. All I wanna say is keep pounding and let's just pray for the quarterbacks that you want. Let's hope it's either Young or Stroud. If it's Richardson, I'm not going to be upset. But in the same breath, I'm going to be scratching my head. But just like any other thing, man, love to Cody, Tony, and the rest of the of the whole C3 family. Keep pounding. Hey, congratulations on the new baby that's on the way. Half the family just getting big and bigger. And, you know, I love how the podcast, just like a baby, continues to grow and get bigger. Keep up. Woo! Man, call what a of the night. Man, oh, the chat's man. all over it. The chat saying this is the call of the night. I got chill bumps. Man, the chat room is going crazy for that call. Man, appreciate the call. That was incredible, man. Dude, he checked off so many boxes. Yeah. I even love what he said at the end. He's like, hey, even if Anthony, Anthony Richardson is a pit, he's like, I'm not going to be mad. It's not what I would do. But, hey, you got to support the Carolina Panthers, man, and hope for the best. We love this staff. So, hey, dude, it doesn't matter who it is, man. If it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or me and YB Jordan's boy, Matt Money Corral. It don't matter, baby. We're going to pull for the Panthers no matter what. We are in good hands, better than we've ever had before. That's what it is, man. Appreciate you, D. That was a hell of a call. Yeah, man. One of uh, man, one of the best calls I've heard in a long time. Let's keep going. What's up, C3? Evan again here. Uh, I just want to come on and say... What's up, Evan? Beginning of the stream, I very much agree with you guys. I hella agree with you guys we are being so disrespected by the national media by the fact that most of them are saying we got fleeced when we did not in fact get fleeced we gave up honestly i feel like less than we probably would have normally had to for the number one overall pick i feel like if anything maybe we won that trade but i feel like it was a pretty even trade and 
I, I just hate the disrespect. And I feel like this year uh, with either CJ or Bryce through that AR stuff that came out today with either CJ or Bryce, we are going to run this division this year. And for the next few years, at least as long as the QB turns out. And then I also wanted to, to go into the, uh, the uh, Twitter controversy of the QB arguing on Twitter. For me, I'm personally a CJ guy. I feel like CJ is the guy we should go with. I do feel like this is ridiculous that we're all, it's basically Panthers Twitter split half and half right now because half of us want Bryce and half of us want CJ or whatever. And I'm kind of fine with both, but as I said, I'm more of a CJ guy and I'm hoping we go with either one of them. Definitely not AR. I don't think we will though for AR. And, and yeah, I just, I just want to come on and say that I, I think that we are being so disrespected by national media and I want to give my input on the QB situation at number one. But yeah, thank you guys for, uh, or, well, yeah, thank, thank you for having me on and, uh, you guys have a good night and keep pounding. Keep the pounding. Incredible. The calls are incredible tonight. Love every bit of it. And it is tough, right? As, uh, but you know what? The good thing is going back to that credibility of Frank Reich. Uh, Frank Reich is developing a credibility with us as fans. So if we get, who cares who, what we think, if they go and pick, Bryce Young, we're going to believe that they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, if they pick CJ Stroud, we're going to believe that they know what they're doing. Yep. You know, and that's the good thing is I feel to, good with who's driving the car. To to add to that, Tony, um, a lot of people felt like uh, Fitterer during his press conference, he was dropping clues towards Bryce Young because he talked about him drafting Russell Wilson before uh, I believe it was Joe person. Maybe they asked him about what made Russell Wilson the pick, even though he was a shorter quarterback. And he said, Russell Wilson never had batted balls at the line of scrimmage. And he did a good job getting the ball out of his hands. And he did all the things that you would want to see from a shorter quarterback. And by the way, Bryce Young only had three batted footballs all of last year. So that's another trait that kind of goes in favor of Bryce Young. And it is a, you know, it, it does require mentioning that Scott Fitterer was a key factor in the Seattle Seahawks deciding to draft an also undersized Russell Wilson. So maybe that does uh, play in Bryce Young's favor. Man, you better hold on to your horses, people. Pace yourselves because we still have a while to go before April 27th. Don't tire yourself out. We've got a long way to go. Make sure you strap in for the long haul. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's the girl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Joey Joey the Blind Panther. And I wanted to suggest a uh, quick thing about trading down, but not in the first round. In the second round, mm. dude, trade down. I would trade down in the second, or just trade out of the second altogether for D Hop. I mean, why would you not do that? I mean, this draft is kind of thin and wide receivers anyway. 
we could use, I mean, yeah, we could use some defensive guys, like some linebackers and whatnot, but, you know, is Adam feeling good enough for to where you wouldn't trade the 39th pick for D-Hop? Because, uh, I mean, especially if you got a defensive player in, like, in that uh, trade too. But I know y'all like D-Hop, and I know, like, we need a little bit more help at our wide receiver. But you know what? Now that I said that, maybe with Adam feeling, maybe you do take a flyer on one of these guys in the draft and you don't really do that. But is any of the receivers good enough in this draft worth taking at number 39, or are the defensive players better? But I also wanted to shout out a buddy of mine who I met on Friday. I had talked to him in passing in the hallways at work and whatnot, but he gets moved to my department. His name is Alfred. Alfred, if you're listening, keep Bruce in mind. But uh, he is uh, also blind, and him and I work together. And I found out, you know, through talking about the Panthers, because he's also a Panthers fan, he said, uh, you sound familiar. Like, are you on a podcast or something? And I said, no, I'm not on a podcast, but I always call him the C3 podcast. And he goes, that's why you sound familiar. So I'm not the only blind hey. dude that listens to C3. <laughs> uh, for some reason, he's not on YouTube. I mean, I keep telling him he needs to check us out on YouTube, but he might be listening to it on a podcast form, but anybody, uh, CK, uh, treat him to the voice that makes him moist when I get done with this call as, uh, Coyle Ray's players comes on and him and I talk like players. Anyway, guys. Now I wow. And you heard it here first. The number one podcast for blind Panther fans everywhere. The C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast, baby. Gotta love it. Shout out to Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel. Dude, we welcome all comers here, baby. Hey, I'm I'm as crippled hey. as they come. Joey's blind. Dude, if you love the Carolina Panthers, this is where you need to be, baby. Shout yeah, out to everyone. You, it tells you something about the 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 way that the sound of the podcast, the men's voices on this podcast, oh. how it just tickles the eardrums. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if, if, if uh, we got the the people that that can't that can hear pretty much every uh, every range you could possibly ask for because they're mm. you know they're needing to have that super sensitive hearing because of uh, you know the way that the the senses work in the human body, Ooh. and they're listening to us. Whew. I mean, that's telling you something, man. Uh, Joey, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear uh, that uh, that you're, uh, you know, out there also promoting the uh, the podcast and the YouTube video or YouTube channel as well, man. I appreciate that, my dude. It's fan- yeah. Look, that that legit makes me happy when people who come on the Friday free for all or people who come on to the you know into the cat calls when they get recognized out in public. Because of the C3 Panthers podcast, yep. shit, half of y'all are famous now, man. Come on, that's awesome, bro. We're out, we're out here spreading that Panther love, spreading that Panther wealth, 
Shout out to Joey the Blind Panther. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, hey, hey. You know who the fuck it is. Oh, my chocolate espresso. What's happening? Uh, Yo, I'm making a prediction right now. I'm calling it. I'm making a prediction. You ready for this prediction? I got a prediction for your ass. I got a big prediction for your ass. Ready? Lamar Jackson traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. That's, That's happening. With the fourth overall pick. That's definitely happening. Draft Anthony Richardson. Who they get to bridge with Anthony Richardson, you say? I don't know. Cam motherfucking Newton. That's my prediction. <laughs> Live with it. Live without it. I don't care. Because I'm drunk. <laughs> so is he saying... Um, Lamar goes to the Colts, Ravens get the four, and uh, they select Anthony Richardson and bring Cam Newton in to mentor him? Yep. Is that what they're saying? Yep. I, I do believe that's what he's implying, yes. And I agree with all that. I just didn't think about the Cam Newton thing until – because I didn't know, even know anything about Cam Newton until today, but now that he says that, that makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, I agree 100% with all of that. I think the Colts are going to do that. My buddy's a Colts fan, and I like the Colts. They're, they're kind of my AFC team. So, I, I mean – I would love to see them get Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about Cam Newton, who was in the news today. Um, And beloved by Panther fans, always controversial among all football fans. And on top of that, um, still among, we're probably going to hear G-Baby call in and say how we need to get this guy. We should have gotten him uh, in a Panthers uniform instead of Andy Dalton. But free agent quarterback Cam Newton threw um at Auburn's Pro Day his brother does play at Auburn he played at Auburn but Cam Newton was trying to do more than just uh support his brother Cam Newton was vocal he's trying to get back in the league and he was trying to showcase his arm he even was called out by some of the media but my man went in there and said look is give me an opportunity with a stable franchise right with a full off season let me get a lay of the land and don't ask me to just walk in there and play tomorrow. And I can show you that I'm not just a rando cam Newton today throwing and a lot of videotape surfacing from everywhere that you can imagine. The Panthers Twitter was a hopping. Do we, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. I saw that he threw a 50 yard bomb, but, um, that was never the issue with Cam, right? Like it was, it was he could make those throws at the beginning of the year, right? It was always as the year went on that we had the biggest concern with his arm. So, like even showcasing the arm talent in, in at a pro day in the off season after having had a, a lot of time off, I don't think that really quells the uh, the the concerns that that NFL teams have, NFL fans have, and, and you know, that, that too many people have seen take place over the past few years with Cam Newton. I think that's a – man, that's a fair point. It has been about how the shoulder has held up over time. But we really – man, still, you know, is that uh, – I don't know, is that I think it just comes back to, like – People say that his last years in football were all bad. That's what you're going to hear Shannon Sharp say. 
this and that. Uh, it was the COVID year with New England. I think it was a short uh, camp for him there as well. He got COVID in the beginning. He was balling out before he got COVID, but you're right. Uh, CK is the, it slowed down and it looked like the shoulder was still, uh, and, and many people were using the terms cooked. And then you go back in a couple of years in Panthers with, with the Panthers, he was, he was, you know, I mean, he was injured. He was injured. Right. And right. again, people were questioning the shoulder. The last thing we saw with Cam Newton was in a very untenable situation under the Matt rule era. Um, I don't know. Is he cooked or not? You know, is this is I got to love Cam Newton and I'm going to root for him here. Right. Uh, Cody, anything you're you saw there or any of you guys want to respond to what CK said? Well, I mean, look, we do this every year. And then there's also these Panther fans that, you know, they have it in their mind that Cam Newton's still coming back and that mm. the Panthers are going to want him. And look, man, even if Cam Newton has some good ball left in him, which, look, I still think he does. I agree with him. Cam put out this video saying there's not a bunch of 32 randoms better than me, and he goes out there and, you know, he thinks that he's ready to go out there and, and, and ball. I think Cam has to prove himself because as much as we Panther fans love him and think that he has the ability to do that, the NFL doesn't necessarily view him that way anymore. And in a way, it's kind of sad to me. Like, dude, it's like the mighty have fallen so far. And I feel like a lot of it isn't even Cam Newton's fault. He's been in such bad situations right. that a lot of quarterbacks would have never been able mm -hmm. to thrive in. So I do feel bad for Cam. I would absolutely love to see this man get his chance and get his opportunity to play NFL football again and show that he still has some gas left in the tank. I don't know if that opportunity is going to happen for him, but you know, no matter what, I'm pulling for my man Cam Newton, dude, no matter what he does on the football field, off the football field. I am not a fan of the Carolina Panthers if it's not for this man. Ace Boogie, bro, numero uno. Number one in your hearts and minds. I love this dude. Uh, I wish him the best, man. Yeah, Cam Newton uh, is one of our one of my loves. One of my loves in yeah. life. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's keep pushing Can I ask through. You a with question, real quick, yeah. with that. Yeah, sure. please. What is the one thing we always say about pro days, though? Like we fall in love with the people throwing these incredible passes and things like that. But it doesn't always, I mean, we saw Malik Willis do just exactly what we just saw Cam Newton do. And we all did the exact same thing. And Malik Willis is certainly not Cam Newton, right? So can we like, what's the point of this pro day? I mean, outside of his brother, like what is the benefit to him? What does he think is really going to uh, accomplish? Because I can tell you this, just having workouts with uh, with NFL teams didn't have to help Colin Kaepernick get back into the league, and I'm not saying those circumstances are identical, but right. you know that that's you know I just don't know what this was intended to accomplish. Was it meant to show the public that he's capable of doing it, or is it meant to show the NFL teams that he can? Because I, I just don't know that the NFL teams are going to see this and say, "Well, you know what? You're right. We're going to go ahead and take another shot at you instead." of of what they're 
probably saying before that, which is, you know, Cam Newton doesn't have it anymore. Well, I think it's an opportunity to show that his right arm and his shoulder is not dead. Like one of the running kind of tropes the past few years is that Cam Newton's arm was shot, that he cannot push the ball downfield anymore, that he doesn't have that live arm like he used to have. And, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of ego to this too. And Cam still feels like he has some good football left inside him to play. So he wants to go out there and, yeah, show NFL teams. And there were a bunch of NFL teams there that, hey, in a pinch, you could do a lot worse than Cam Newton. I mean, case Man, of hell, what, the damn, the 49ers, uh... the 49ers last year were down to their, what, fourth-string quarterback? They had Christian McCaffrey getting ready to suit up in a playoff game. Right. So, so you could definitely you? do a lot worse than Cam Newton. Can I ask you a question, just uh, everybody's opinion on this? If, with this happening, is Cam Newton more likely to be on a team at the beginning of the uh, season, or is his brother more likely to be on a team? Oh, oh. Ooh, tough question. To, to be very honest with you, I, I, I don't I don't know a whole lot about his brother. Like, I haven't seen this film. I, I probably should go and check it out. He also didn't go to Auburn he did, but then he transferred to William and Mary, and he played most of his college football at William and Mary. But Auburn right. let both of them uh, go and show their stuff there at the pro day, obviously because of their connection to Cam. Um, but I don't know; I really can't tell you too much about his younger brother. That's I a know. tough. Yeah, that's a good question. The uh, other, I think, to go back to your question about Cam CK is that look is you got to put yourself out there if you want to get a date. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to get a date uh, just sitting at your house. And, uh, I mean, like you got to put your, yourself on a dating site or you got to go out there and grind at the clubs and the bars or wherever you go to pick up your ladies. One of my friends says that the place to go is the Harris Teeter wine aisle is where he likes to go. Hmm. Uh, but um, what I would say is this, is that, you know, as Cam um, has to probably remind these teams that he exists. That's right. one thing. Uh, the other thing is there's no bad things. There's no such thing as bad press, right? So this is a Cam Newton um, create, making a storyline that does, you know, maybe tickle the ears of some GMs that have some ideas that, look, I mean, we saw a story today that the San Francisco 49ers reached out to Ben Roethlisberger last year. Uh, and what that wow. meant for, you know, so, I mean, could and it's just respectful they didn't even think about cam newton like well i don't know it's something and there's going to be a lot of people that cite a lot of different reasons right is from uh from race to circumstances to concerns to someone being just kind of a figment of the past to him taking a million dude uh illegal penalties that never got called right in in the nfl but here's the thing. It's like you called – like if your argument is Cam's arm is cooked, you're going to call Ben Roethlisberger? I know. Like I know. Is, you want to talk about it. Tommy John <laughs> surgery, bro. Like this is not a – like listen, I'm not sitting here saying that Cam Newton can do it, but if you're going to talk about him doing it over top of Ben Roethlisberger, hell yeah, I'd take him over Ben Roethlisberger right now. 
and and that's no no you know ill will towards what he was able to do in his career but when there towards the end the dude was not was not doing a very good job in this right. league he was looking no. much worse than what cam did uh in, in a lot of what he was showing there at the uh, at the at the end how so. much older is ben roethlisberger than cam newton Way older. Like he was in the same draft as Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah, man, he is like uh, him, and going back to Philip Rivers, another. But here's the thing, too. I think with Cam, strangely, and I know some people will associate this with race, and I've long been believing that those are factors, particularly early on in Cam's career, about um, him having to prove himself in so many different ways. But I think it's more about the the like how big Cam's person. He looms so large in mm-hmm. any room that he goes into. He is a guy that looks cool, like is more athletic and looks cooler and awesomer than any dude in the room almost. Right? It's like right. he, and it's just kind of hard. I think you know from his swag to his what his drip to his personality to the. The uh, not the entourage, but all of the attention that kind of swirls around him, the discussion you have us like uh, people loving, is that I think people get intimidated, particularly organizations get intimidated about just having him in the room, right. even if it's in a, comp- a competition mode, if it's in a backup role, and you want to tell me you're going to put bring him in to be a backup quarterback to a couple of these guys that he is probably singling out that he thinks he could be better in. And the first time they throw a pick, you don't think that people are going to be looking over and they're going to pan over to Cam Newton Mm -hmm. on the sideline. And, you know, it's just hard for him to be what they, what the, what do they call him? A Jag. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just another guy. It's like, it's just, it's antithetical to his ethos and existence. Yeah, no, that's a great point, man. Cam Newton he does have this aura about yeah. him. Um, but I, I do think one of his more underrated qualities is that he is a team guy. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who's around him loves him. He wants to uplift the people around him. And that's why he was so great as a franchise quarterback. He would score a touchdown and he would be celebrating for 10 minutes, smiling ear to ear giving footballs to fans, making it an experience that nobody will ever forget. Um, I do just think that's that's really important uh, when you talk about this conversation. And he doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, for being a team guy that all of his teammates love. They want to rally around him. They want to be the best versions of themselves for Cam Newton. And again, I'm not saying that Cam is going to go on another stretch and be a a, a starter in the NFL. I don't know what's going to happen with Cam. But the circumstances that Cam Newton had to walk into, signing just before the year started with the New England Patriots during a COVID year, didn't have any continuity in that offense, didn't then take the back. vaccine, got a lot of controversy. Yeah, all the you know, vaccine that, stuff. Yeah. And then um, now in retrospect, a lot of people are jumping on kind of the, not the whip, but, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Think, think of the point. revisionist point right. that we get now. But also, okay. then think of when it comes back to Carolina, that in the middle of the season, he's asked to come in because everything is such shit that the only thing that can provide a little bit of boost to this downtrodden franchise 
is to bring up, bring back the franchise quarterback of yesteryear that we gave yep. the boot in the complete wrong fashion, brought him back in the middle of the year, and then blamed him when things went wrong. And then Matt Rule threw him under the bus. Right. So, dude, look, uh, I'm as big a Cam Newton defender as there is, man. I hope he gets another chance somewhere. I know it's not going to be with Carolina. But listen, as long as he's not signing with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I'm pulling for Cam Newton, man. I want him to be successful against yeah. every team not named the Panthers. Agreed. Yeah, and yeah. I think, too, is – oh, go ahead, CK. I was just going to say, I mean, and if you want to look at the other piece to that, too, is like his time in Carolina was marred by not just Matt Rule, but the fact that uh, Christian McCaffrey was hurt, um, marred by the fact that we were dealing with uh, one of the worst offensive lines on the planet, potentially to ever exist in Carolina, right? Oh, totally. totally. It, was, it was horrendous. You know, he was certainly given the short end of the stick. I I had already expressed my my belief that Cam Newton had played his best football uh, by that point. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't of the mind that he was going to come in here and and just have a resurgence in his career. But um, he certainly didn't get a fair shake. Um, and and I don't think anybody can look at what happened in New England and think he got a fair shake there either. So um, I would love to see Cam Newton. Uh, have an opportunity. I just, my concern is if he doesn't have it, if that is the case, I would rather have him not go out looking. I don't want to say desperate, but like, I don't want that. Yeah, you had to, somebody ask, is he having money issues in the chat? Right. Uh, <laughs> right. You have a, that honestly you have crossed my mind. Like, right? you know, cause I mean, it's what has he got? He's got the the cigar bar, and he's his his ventures with trying to do the the YouTube video, uh, YouTube uh, production, and stuff like that seem to have kind of gone to the wayside. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering if there is a, a component of this to where he's like, you know, listen, I, I need to be back in the league from a financial standpoint. He's got all those kids. He's got a certain level of lifestyle that he's expected to live now. Um, I, I I could see that being a real issue, but I, I don't Maybe. know if that's the case. I don't want to make any assumptions about the man with his uh, financial situation. Yeah, um, I think this is for me with Cam. It's always been about something like because he was so he's been so important to me in my life. It just I just it was so hard. It's so hard to see his story end like it did. Yeah. Um, and that is for a player that, you know, changed football in so many ways, people could will say, I mean, to just so it's so important to our podcast, our franchise, this and that, that after that, you know, having being at the, you know, at the pinnacle in that Super Bowl appearance, that the legacy of Cam Newton is going to be one of uh, injury, what could have been. Um, and, you know, you just would love, and this is what we've hoped for. When he went to New England, I just rooted for him to have a good exit, you know, a good exit from mm -hmm. the NFL to kind of silence too, even the internal people that had didn't even think Cam was all that great when he was here. So, you know, whatever you want, you want to see success. If it happens, we will be rooting for him. Cam Newton, though, he means like the, the he's going to have, he could always just go into like getting on one of those shows like uh, great talent. America's got talent. Like he would be dude, wonderful. He would be so incredible in yeah. situations like that, dude. Yeah. 
I agree. But I also, I mean, somebody said he loves football. He's not doing it for the money. And I could see that as well. I could see for Cam Newton that he is, you know, is really disappointing and disheartened that he's going to go down as one of the great, he's one of the greatest college football players of all time. He's been one of the most successful quarterbacks statistically in, in different aspects of the game in so many ways, a Super Bowl appearance, and people are going to think of him. Or I think he wants his legacy to mean more. So I think that's important yeah. to him. The number's 252-228-5098. We're going to get to your call in just a moment, Anthony. But uh, first to Damon, I believe. What's up, C3? It's Damien here. Yo, I was looking to put this can in the past, you know, let my dreams just, you know, end. You know, I was I was hoping that for some reason with him being in Charlotte, that it'd be cool to have him come out and announce number one pick. But then, goddamn, he turned out another combine. Wish Cam the best of luck. I'm happy for what's happening with us. Damn it. We're not getting Don Kincaid, but... Hayden Hurst is pretty damn sick. Yo, guys, I'm stoked. The free agents are sick. I don't think we're done with the wide receivers yet. Hopefully, hopefully that's our 39 pick or still on that D-hop train. Yo, C3, hey. great podcast. Love you guys. Love Thanks for the call. Call. Hey, great call. Great call, man. Hey, real quick, I got like three, uh, three chats from White Chocolate Espresso. Let me go ahead and read these right quick. Uh, with the 199, it says, uh, he was talking about the trade between the Panthers and the Bears. Couldn't it be a win-win? We get our quarterback, and they get a wide receiver. And that's a great point, man. Like, it doesn't always have to be, oh, this team please this team, or this team got the better at that team, or da, da, da. Like, all the jargon that you hear on the main time uh, sports networks. Now, sometimes you have a good trade, and I think the Bears got what they wanted, and the Panthers got what they wanted. Great point. Another 199 says, first Indy gets their team. And now they get their quarterback talking about his prediction. It was a great prediction, and it could probably happen. Uh, Baker in Carolina is worse than Cam in New England, yet one got a job. Yeah, man. man that's, that's true. That's absolutely that's true. fundamentally true. That's, hey, fundamentally. Yeah, that's unquestionable. Uh, yeah, that one, that, one's a, that one is a uh, is kind of a, a dagger uh, to the to – the, to what he's saying, yeah, there, there is one hundred. But then again, came through five Mayfield, touchdowns in his first game, or had five touchdowns in his first game with New England. But Baker he threw like four hundred yards against one team, or in early in Seattle. that season. I yeah, think, right. I think Baker. I think this is signing for Tampa Bay is Baker's also going in there, understanding he's going to be having to compete for the starting job. Right, right. Like he's going to be. Go- I know he's going against Kyle Trask, and you know there's a good chance that he's going to win that starting job, which I'm hoping for. Because I'm ready to see the Carolina Panthers just stomp the ever living snot out. Oh, of if he beats guy. us, I'm gonna fucking go nuts. Oh man, right? Yeah. So, but but as far as as you know, that being a, I don't know if I would say that is, but that's a that looks damning just in a vacuum. But I also understand that you know Cam Newton. Let's be real about it. If there's anybody in the chat in the chat in this uh, on the podcast who really believes he's going to sign up for going and being a backup. I I, I just don't think you're going to see that being a, a realistic expectation for Cam Newton. Right. I agree. Cam does have all them kids. Somebody said, uh, let's go to Anthony. <laughs> What's up, C3? Anthony. Anthony from Charlotte. You already know. As I should say, C3 Panther Central, because Cody told us to put 
C3 on our Twitter name, so I gang, guess we're gang. a fucking gang now. But anyways, gang, gang. Uh, crazy times, man. Um, as I'm getting done with school, it's almost like I just wish I could flash forward to April 27th so I can buy the quarterback of our team's jersey. But, yeah, I, I love the Adam Thielen signing. Just a couple things on him real quick. Great possession receiver. is going to play great in the slot with us. He's got better hands than DJ. Doesn't drop a pass. Great, great signing. Hayden Hurst, big-ass signing. Okay. Miles Sanders, big-ass signing. These are all great free agents that want to come here, man. And I already touched on the defensive guys. And secondly, yeah, I mean, there's not much other to talk to, but they did have press conferences. Um, Fitter and Reich, and I think it's pretty obvious they're going to draft younger Shroud. And they basically debunked this one saying, well, game tape's the most important thing. I don't think these pro days are going to change anything, just like the combine. I don't think changes anything. I think it just comes down to how they are in the interviews, what they can do in those meetings. And I've already made my stance on I think Bryce Young is the pick. More and more stuff starting to come out by him. Natalie Miller tweeted, you know, I spoke with multiple sources. The consensus is that the Panthers traded up to take Bryce Young. Todd McShay said in a recent video, he has a source that's never been wrong about the top five quarterbacks in the past five years. And he said that Bryce Young is already the pick. I'm not kidding when I say this. This kid is special. Either way, I'll be happy. But Bryce Young, dude, the kid is fucking special. And with our offensive line and our scheme, he would thrive in it. But then you have, you know, Thomas Davis doing what he gets paid to do, start some fucking controversy. And he goes on ESPN saying, <laughs> you know, there's some people in the building that are enamored for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, okay, buddy. I love you, Thomas Davis, as a player, but stop being an idiotic analyst. We are not drafting Anthony Richardson. Reich and Fitter said they want a fast processor, an accurate passer, and he doesn't fit any of those descriptions. Anyways, Anthony from Charlotte, give me your thoughts on the press conference and the quarterback. Keep motherfucking pounding. Keep pounding. Uh, you know, me and Anthony have had many conversations um, about this quarterback thing, and you know, it's part of the reason why I went on that little diatribe earlier when I said I don't think that the Panthers know quite who they want. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have no doubt in my mind that there probably is a number one in the clubhouse because Michael Lombardi was doing a podcast and he made that point that NFL organizations, they don't ever have two players with an even grade. Yeah. Both of these guys are the same prospect of the same grade. No one does that. If they're in the same class together, they will have one player valued higher than the other. And that's also going to be true of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now, mm-hmm. maybe they did make this trade with the intention of, yeah, we're going to draft Bryce Young. In fact, Adam Schefter was on ESPN, and he likened the Panthers' interest in Bryce Young to the 49ers and their interest in Matt Jones. And that everybody knew Kyle Shanahan was in love with Matt Jones and his mental abilities and his abilities to be able to run the offense that Shanahan would put in place. Yet, over time, over the course of their evaluation, that ended up changing. So 
I, I mean, listen, there could easily be a number one. I'm not doubting Natalie Miller or anyone else's sources. I don't know what's real. I also know that this is the time of fake information. And you also don't know that even if you're hearing something, that maybe that person believes that they're giving legit information that they think is legit, mm -hmm. but it's not. And it's just meant to kind of throw people off of whatever trail. I don't know what the case is. Um, I think it could be a number of different issues, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Bryce Young is the leader in the clubhouse. He has incredible mental abilities. Everyone talks about in all the interviews that they do with him. He's the, the type of guy that um, is diagnosing defenses that he's never even had to play against before. So he is clearly very intelligent. Man, anything can go, man. Truly anything can go April the 27th. Um, all right, let's go to – this call is going a little bit back. So I try to play the calls in different types of orders based on the conversation, right? And so I play some of the freshest caller calls early on just so that we don't start with things that have been a little uh, dated. But here, let's go to Corey, longtime listener and caller of the show, friend of the show, um, here's he, he talking about some of the early moves in free agency. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. I wanted to uh, just talk about the recent moves. Uh, no free agency has been well, going Corey. crazy. And by the time this call gets played, it'll probably already be um, outdated. But all well and good. Um, I hope everybody is feeling as good as I am, man. Love the moves. Um, I haven't really had any real beef with any of them from obviously the signings to restructuring Shaq and restructuring Ian Thomas. It's like, honestly, bro, it's like the Panthers are doing and Peter are doing everything that um, fans have like been clamoring for them to do just as far as like the little stuff, like restructuring Shaq deal and re-signing Bozeman and, and getting us a real tight end and like being aggressive, trading up for the number one pick, like all this shit that, you know, we, we were just like, man, this is what real teams do. Like, this is what, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we've got a very clear path, and I feel, like, I feel like this team has a very clear direction of what they're trying to do, man. I, I just love it. I think it's great. Um, also, I found it interesting that now that the Panthers have the number one pick, um, it's forcing people in the media to talk about it more. And you're seeing all these takes, bro, and it's just so, it's so clear that this is not, these are not people that have been around the Panthers or, or, or even fucking batted an eye at us or know anything about this team when they talk about the offensive line or they talk about how we're going to be a top five uh, draft pick next year. Chicago fleeced us and all this other type of shit. It's like, bro, y'all just don't understand how the position we were in with Matt Rule and the complete 180 that happens the second you get him at the building. Um, but that's, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, Specifically, want to talk about the Miles Sanders deal. I think that shit was great. Um, uh, a lot of, like, you know what I'm saying? $6 million a year for three years. People are like, oh, you don't pay running backs and this and this and that. And that's just another thing I feel like people are just finding something bad to say about every deal. Because this Miles Sanders deal, it's like, okay, you don't pay running backs. You can draft, like, fine. He's not getting paid big money. This is somebody who is produced. Uh, 
you know, was top five in the league in rushing last year, obviously was on a great team. If he can give us a sliver of that Philly production for the price that we're paying him, like, why would we not do that for a rookie quarterback? Um, I might run out of time, but hopefully I can get a part two in this, this court. Keep on. Appreciate y'all. I like this call a lot. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. The first, we'll start with Miles Sanders, is that people can say that they uh, – well, I, I, I love this deal. I love this deal is, look, is I think the Dante Foreman, which a lot of people on this show, this show, a lot of Panther fans really like, and it's a neat – it's a good story to cheer for. It's a guy right. who really – he's like even – he's a better story to Panther fans than Mike Davis was. And Mike Davis sort of, sort of had some of those notes to it. A guy who people had given up on the league, kind of a who's just overproduced. Uh, Dante Foreman, though, you wonder how much of it's just a uh, is is are you is it nostalgia? Is it uh, just a good story? Miles Sanders represents a real home run threat that mile uh, that uh, Dante Foreman doesn't. He also shows some versatility in the the pass catching game and a lot of things. I think that Frank Reich wants to do with his offensive backs. Now here is that. How would how do we really say? Look, as Miles Sanders isn't even old, he's twenty five years old. Yeah. He's he's he came out of the league before or after um, Saquon Barkley. He was the backup at Penn State to Saquon Saquon Barkley, I believe. And you get you get a guy who's in his prime at twenty five years old and coming out of a of of a time where we were just paying Christian McCaffrey what fourteen fifteen whatever million it was. This is um, how I don't know how we can say that is expensive. And again, going back to what Adam Thielen said is that he really appreciated the fact that the Carolina Panthers wanted him as a player, not just for a one and done year. And I think Miles Sanders, that deal, I think he signed a deal that was um, was team friendly, but also because he realized that he was going to have uh, a, a a stable future here with this offense. Yeah, and also he opens up another dimension, being able to catch passes. And yes, again, yeah. how, how how important is it to have a reliable check down option, especially? Well, what was for, Christian uh, McCaffrey's greatest attribute? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. One hundred percent. By the way, he's also. Ten million dollars less right. than Christian McCaffrey for, and listen, I know we all love CMC for a guy who is physically a very comparable talent to Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry, he just is, man. Like that's the fact of the matter. I mean, he's the same height, he's a little bit heavier, and uh, I mean, the man had all, almost 1,300 rushing yards last year. So those are big time numbers. And C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are very good at finding that that dump off, that that check down, to be able to get the ball out of their hands. And now that you have Adam Thielen, you have Terrace Marshall Jr., who's a speedster, you have LaVisca Chenault, who's going to be able to make some yards after the cash plays, then you add Miles Sanders to that mix behind this offensive line that helped us break um, single game rushing records last year. I'm sorry, there is no reason to not be excited about Miles Sanders, and you can get out of the contract relatively easy, relatively soon. 
So this is a great deal, man. Federer is out there cooking with gas, y'all. What's up? Another thing that the uh, that it was Corey that mentioned is that uh, the Shaq Thompson. What do you guys think? I'll let you guys speak on Shaq Thompson reworking his deal. Yeah, um, it looks like Shaq Thompson could be with the Carolina Panthers to like twenty. 30, it feels I'm like at this point. I'm not even mad. Okay, tell me the about man, why. Man, tell me look, what happened. Man. Actually, tell the listeners what happened if anybody missed it. Um, and I don't know all of the details. Fill me in on what happened and why. what it does for the Panthers. Yeah, so basically Shaq took a pay cut. And he took a rather considerable pay cut. Uh, and he reworked his contract and basically signed a new deal. Uh, in, in order to make this happen, I'll pull up some of the details here in a minute after we go to. But it extended it, right? Grant, so it but, takes. Yeah, it, it extended him. Yeah, it extended. And by the way, it, it shows. Again, I said this earlier when talking about Adam Thielen. There's a culture thing that goes into mm-hmm. this. The Panthers are building a culture, and it's important to have guys that have been here, that have been a part of those teams, that did have that great winning culture. And Shaq Thompson's been a part of that. Listen, dude, there's no way that you can't have a special place in your heart for these Panther diehard players that, no, they don't want to go to some other team and be a part of somewhere else. Shaq would rather take a pay cut and stay here in his home with the Carolinas and, and, you know, continue to build upon this team and be a leader for all the new guys that are going to come in to this Panthers defense. I love it. I'm happy for Shaq. Dude, I'm pumped. This isn't one of those restructures, though, that just completely moves the money around, I feel like. I feel like there was a little bit more to it, and like people are saying, he's basically playing for free in 2024. Um, You know, I do I do hope that that's what it is, is that it's a belief. Uh, we've talked a lot about Frank Wright's credibility. Uh, you'd also hope, though, too, is like, man, is like, it would, would does Shaq have any suitors out there? Would be some questions, some different things. We haven't seen, I haven't seen Levante David sign. Isn't it Levante um, David? Did he sign with anybody? Back, yeah, he went back to the Bucks. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he did. Hey, you would know, you, uh, that's nice to have him. And, you know, but interesting, too, that he's going to be trying to adjust to a, a, a 3 4, which he's never played in. Would right. you like to hear um, Scott Fitterer's thoughts about? Shaq Thompson? Yeah. Shaq is, you know, he's a, he's a team leader, uh, one of the most unselfish people I, I've been around. Um, and he wanted to be here, he for him to be in Carolina. He loves Charlotte. He loves the Panthers. And what it, it, it came down to, we had a conversation. Uh, we sat down, um, excuse me, uh, in the stadium, and we just talked man to man, said, hey, listen, what do you need? This is what we need. We worked through it. Uh, I know he slept on it. Um, he called me back and said, hey, listen, this is what I'd like to do. And I can't thank him enough. I mean, that's a, it's such a, uh, a team first move that he did. And uh, a ton of respect for Shaq. And uh, he wanted to be here, and uh, we made it work. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's hey, just uh, nice to not have to replace one more thing sometimes, too. Yeah. Hey, a uh, question by uh, – 2024 NFC champs. Y'all want Stroud? What number is he going to wear? Oh, wow. Shaq is not giving up number seven. I don't know, man. Uh, CJ Stroud's going to have, you know, if, if we pick him, he's going to have that first pick in the draft. 
type of signing bonus. Oh, you know what I mean? Maybe I he does. Happens. Maybe maybe if he does love number seven, he cuts that. He's check. got to pay for Shaq Thompson's 2024 season. Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> and, and, and maybe Shaq goes back to wearing uh, number fifty-four. I don't know, man. Who knows? I, I feel like he's played better wearing number seven than he ever did wearing. I did. Uh, no, that is the 54. truth. That yeah, is the man. truth. I think there's something to that. Uh, so I hope that storyline comes about for sure. Let's go back to Corey since I made him wait so long. We'll take one more call call from him. From him. Hey man, part two of Corey's call. I'll be real quick. But um, yeah, I love the Miles Campus deal. Um, I knew this was his breakout year this past year, but I, I just wanted to look up his stats for a little bit more context. Like Miles Sanders has been a productive player the entire time he's been in the NFL. Like his rookie year. He ran for 800 yards and put up 500 more yards receiving. Now, that's been by far his best receiving year, but he was a huge threat receiving out of the backfield for the Eagles his, his rookie year. And hopefully he can bring some of that to Carolina to help out this rookie quarterback we're going to have. But shit, man, like these last two years before that, uh, the two years prior to this one, he was on pace for 1,000 yards. He just got hurt. He only played 12 games to those years. So that's the thing about him. He may get a little banged up. So hopefully we can uh, bring Dante back still. Um, or, you know, Chuba takes the next step. Because that's the thing about Chuba Hubbard, man. Like, he's not he's not, he's not, not bad. And I feel like he got he a lot of good flag. either. Um, like, he got this kind of this stank on his, on, on, his, on his career. Like, during his rookie year, and I think even preseason or whatever, he made some bad plays uh, where he just looked, he looked like he wasn't ready. And that... It, it kind of, I feel like, kind of carried over to a lot of fans' perception of him. Now, don't get me wrong; he still can't catch for shit. Like, I don't want him running no kind of routes or throwing to him at all. He can't catch. But you like take the last half of last season where we were like a strictly run heavy, we fully committed to the run. You can't tell me that Super Hubbard wasn't a, a positive, a net positive for this team. Like, this isn't somebody that you wouldn't want as a as a secondary running back on your team. Right. Um, I'm getting off on a tangent on him too, man, but. Um, I'm loving the moves. Um, if we can get a DJ Chark or something like that, like freaking chef kiss, bro. Because outside of receiver, what can you really say now about the Panthers is, you know what I'm saying, have to, have to, have to, absolutely have to address before the season starts. Like, like we, we can still use another linebacker. Um, obviously, we can still beef up the old line, get a defensive end. Um, you know, uh, uh, another cornerback potentially. Obviously, we we need more playmakers on offense. But outside of receiver, and and, I, and we're not done. I feel like we're going to get a pretty solid receiver. We're filling up all these holes to where now we have at least um, quality NFL starters everywhere. And and shit, man, you talk about a team that that's rebuilding and was in the hunt for the number one pick last year, just off the strength of being that bad. That's as good as you can ask for, man. I'm loving the moves. Um, yeah, man, Fitter is doing his damn thing. Keep on. I'm sure Matt Rule will take all the credit for for this, but I do want to remind everybody that Deuce Staley is very familiar with Miles Sanders yes, from his time at the Eagles. So that will help inform our decision on this. Let's keep going through with the hey, calls. Hold on, hold on, let me pause you one sec, Tony. Uh, Shat Thompson's rework contract is two years for $12.6 million with $8.5 million guaranteed with three void years on the back end. Shat Thompson's cap number this year 
went from $24.5 million to $14 million, man. That's big time from Shaq. Deals includes incentives this season for Pro Bowl and playoff Ws. So, again, man, Shaq is a team-first kind of guy. Uh, I mean, he knows that in order to build this team up the right way, you have to have spending money in free agency. And that's why Federer said that he's one of the most unselfish guys that uh, you could ever be around, man. And again, remembering that this guy was mentored by Thomas Davis and Luke Kickley, like he's a mensch. He's an absolute mensch. We love Shaq Thompson. You know, he is, uh, you could definitely do worse than Shaq. So kudos let's, to him. Let's go to the next call. Yep, yep. Hey, this is D. I uh, just had a, a quick uh, thought on Scott Fitter's press conference yesterday. When asked about Frank Wright, he said that uh, Frank was detailed. He paints a picture of exactly what direction he wants to go. It is crystal clear on what he wants on the offense and on the defense. And one other thing he said was that he understands contracts. And he said a lot of coaches just want, want, want. That's all they, they just come to you with their wants. Oh, they don't understand, you know, what it takes to, to build a, a winning team when it comes to contracts and salary caps, stuff like that. Well, the only coach that I know that Scott Pitter has dealt with as a GM one-on-one was Matt Rule. And, you know, a couple months ago, I think there were reports from within the organization saying that when Matt Rule wanted something, he would just wear you down, uh, you know, just annoy the crap out of you until he got what he wanted. I do remember that. And it's just another yeah. example of, you know, polar opposites, Frank Wright and uh, Matt Rule are. And, you know, like I'm excited. I'm excited for the coaching staff. I'm excited that Scott Fitter, you know, he obviously respects Frank Wright a lot. Frank Reich is very appreciative of Scott Fitter. They're both very appreciative of David and Nicole Tepper. So I'm just excited for the direction that they're going. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm excited to see what they do with the number one pick. I prefer C.J. Stroud over Bryce only because of height. Um, I think to myself, you know, people say, well, look at Drew Brees, look at Russell Wilson. Well, you're already asking this guy to come in and end up being a top-tier quarterback. And now you're not only asking to come in and end up being a top-tier quarterback, but do it at under six foot, which only a handful of quarterbacks in recent history have been able to do that and be successful and not have their height be an issue. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with Bryce Young, but uh, I am kind of hung up on the on the height thing. And uh, then the last thing I want to say, I'm excited to see what he does after the first pick, what Scott Fitter and Frank Wright pick after the first pick, because – you know, I think Matt Rule had a heavy hand on the draft in the past, and we can see that, you know, outside the first round, we hadn't hit on a lot of, uh, of other guys, so uh, with the exception of maybe Chin. So I'm just really excited to see what he does with the, with the other picks. We know he can work around and gain picks during the draft and everything like that, but seeing what they actually do with those picks and how many players become uh, really good, you know, franchise type or really good plug in and, and, uh, you know, productive players for, for the Panthers. Anyway, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. This has been the Man, night of all. Oh, yeah. dude. This has been Incredible. one of arguably the best nights in uh, the show's history with calls. We've had some fantastic ones, and I think he raises some really important points. Is that like now 
you know, we get to see Fitter. This is what we've been waiting for. You know, is like he was a wet noodle until this moment, and it maybe yeah. not have been his fault. We talked about the, or he mentioned the Matt Rule wearing you down. He talked about all these other dynamics, and it just is like it feels like again. This goes back to how cool Frank Reich is. Is Frank Reich doesn't have to prove to Fitterer or to Tepper. It's not a dick measuring contest for him. Yeah. You know? Did y'all think so? That's kind of the question. I'm so happy that the caller brought it up. It, it, a lot of people felt like Fitterer kind of took a jab at Matt Rule, saying there are coaches who want, 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 and yet they don't even know what it takes to get all those things that they want. And he's right. There were a lot of rumors about. Matt Rule being very demanding, you know, in a lot of different ways about the things that he wanted. To me, this reeks of the Sam Darnold and uh, Baker Mayfield trades. Right. Right. That him and, him and Phil Snow, they thought they saw Matthew Stafford in Sam Darnold, and then they were like, yep, that's the guy we want. Make it happen, fit. And because Matt Rule was giving the case to the kingdom, Fitterer had his hands tied. So now you're finally seeing what Fitterer is capable of as a general manager. And, right. dude, listen, people, when, when Gettleman was here, everyone used to say Gettle magic, that Dave yeah. Gettleman had the Gettle magic. Well, I like it better now. It's Fitterer and his laser eyes, baby. <laughs> Fitterer with the beams like he's a... Uh, you know, what's the, the um Terminator called? The, the uh, T-1000? Yeah, the T-1000. Dude, he's on his T-1000 shit, bro. He's out there making moves, bringing incredible players to the Carolina Panthers at a value price. Dude, there is literally nothing more you could want from Fitterer, man. Maybe you might want it D-Hop, but dude, so far, beggars cannot be choosers. Fitterer has done an incredible job. It shows you how cruddy Matt Rule was. Mm. He was uh, terrible, This really shows us. I mean, gosh. And it just gets worse and worse and worse as we as more stuff comes out. I saw somebody put up the video today of, remember when Matt Rule was doing those defensive bags? Oh, yeah, going through the drills on the bag. He's such a nerd, dude. Yeah. Um, somebody, oh, a guy at work said this because I said it's nice. To, and somebody brought this up earlier is we needed this type of coach with Cam Newton when we drafted Cam Newton. Uh, is that I again, I don't trust that, uh, that uh, Matt Rule knew a lot, knows a lot about football. I'm not no. saying you know, I know more than him or something, but like, is that, um, and, and this guy at work said, I thought this was a cool way to describe it. He said, um, Matt Rule's a CEO who surrounded himself with football guys, you know? And so, like, that's where we heard about him leaning on Phil Snow so much and different things, right? And he couldn't, um, you know, he couldn't really deal with, that's why he had to get uh, these offensive coordinators. He could just never be the guy on any of those. He's like, he's just, that's not what he is. So uh, let's keep powering through with these calls. Yo, what's good, Future Nation? Oh, crap. Sorry. Push the button by accident. Where the hell did it go? Where were we at? Uh, 
Is it what's good, C3 Nation? I, it I got it. I think this is it. Yo, 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 C3. It's JJ. Nope. Nope. Not the right one. Um, I'm calling this. Not the right one. Let's see if it was this one. Yo, what's good, C3 Nation? Yep. It's been a long time since I called. It's been a minute, man. But this is uh, this is Zimma from, this is Slim Zimma from the West Coast, the Best Coast. Calling What's up, in from San Diego, California, man. It's been a minute. Listen, I just wanted to call in, uh, just to talk about what's going on with the first, the first overall pick, um, the quarterback we should go get. All that jazz that's going on right now, and you know, I've been doing some. Uh, doing some film review and honestly I don't understand how there's any question of who to get at number one I think CJ Stroud is the only guy that looks like he's ready to go play tomorrow all those other guys I don't know about man but CJ Stroud you watch this tape bro it's just like wow he literally does everything you want from a pocket passing quarterback and it's crazy that people are trying to knock his game because they say that he's not as mobile as they need to be. But it's so crazy, bro. Like, who are the last quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl? Were they all mobile quarterbacks? Like, you don't need to be, you don't need to be uh old boy from Baltimore in order to be, be successful elusive, in the NFL. Not... So it's kind of crazy. And I can't believe that's their one knock on C.J. Stroud is that he's not as mobile as the other guys. Like, listen, man, I don't need my guy being mobile. I need him to run when he can. But I want him to look downfield and hit strikes from anywhere down the field. And honestly, CJ Stroud is the only guy that I see who has done that consistently. There's literally nothing else that people can say about him. They say he's inconsistent, but I don't understand. Old boy from uh, Alabama, Bryce Young, I think it's nice, man, but <laughs> he ain't Russell Wilson. He ain't Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray. He ain't these little quarterbacks that are just going to go kill it up, bro. He literally played behind one of the best teams in the in the college football um, for Alabama, and that dude had everything. He had weapons. He had a line. He had everything he needed, bro. Ain't no way he's going to go take all them hits and make all those Houdini, Houdini plays in the NFL. He's not that fast. He's quick, but he ain't that fast. He could barely see over his own line. I just don't understand how there's any question about who should be number one. In my opinion, there's one real number one. You could even, you might even say there's one A, one B, but I don't want to say that. I think there's number one, then there's a gap, and then there's Bryce Young. And right. I don't care. I don't even need to talk about how tall Bryce Young is. None of that stuff, man. CJ Stroud just looks like the guy who has it all put together. He has everything, bro. And when he does decide to run, he'll run enough to get you the, the first down or whatever you need to keep the play going. He has that capability. Honestly, CJ Stroud reminds me a lot of Deshaun Watson. Oh boy, Deshaun Watson. Doesn't run that yeah. much, but when he does, he can. Oh, I got cut off. Appreciate you, Slim. And to even add on to his point, I wouldn't even say that it's that, you know, he's just mobile enough. It's not that CJ Stroud isn't mobile, but again, that's why I like the Joe Burrow comparison. Joe Burrow is not the Josh Allen type to just run all over you on designed run plays. That's not going to be him. That's not going to be C.J. Stroud. Neither is Patrick but, Mahomes. Yeah, true. Right. right. And that's my point. But he's, he's mobile elusive. enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's mobile enough to extend the play from inside the pocket. And 
when everybody's covered downfield and there's a lane for him to run and pick up that first down, that Georgia game showed that he has the capability and the wherewithal to be able to do that. There was also some rumors that he was a little bit injured this entire year. So he wasn't necessarily at full health with the ability to run around like he wanted to. So if you take him at his word, we haven't even seen the best of how mobile CJ Stroud could be, let alone once you put him in an NFL strength and conditioning system, maybe put on like a good five pounds of muscle, you know, nothing too much, but just, you know, rock him up a little bit more get him strong. And yeah, I think that would be a fantastic pick. And I like the fact that he also said, it doesn't even matter about Bryce Young's size. He just thinks that CJ is the better. That's what I want to hear. And I respect it. This is CJ Stroud uh, kind of talking about some of those questions that people have asked him about his mobility. He said, I'll be honest. I told NFL teams, like I tell y'all, I didn't do a lot of it in college and I feel like I should have. It's something I do regret. I feel like I could have done it a lot more. But I think when you turn on the film and you really watch what I do and you really look at the film from game to game, I've used my athleticism not only just in the Georgia game where I did it a lot. I've done it in every other game. I've had tough third down runs. I've had tough fourth down runs. But there were times I didn't run the ball where maybe I should have. I feel like that's something that I learned, and that's what football is about. It's about stepping back up to the plate and going back, working hard and fixing those problems. That's something I plan to fix and show them my athleticism. I've done it before in film, but since people don't think I can do it, I'm going to do it again. I think this is, you know what makes me feel awesome about this is look how damn well-spoken this kid is. Yeah. Like, you know what? It's like, put him up in front of the mic. He's ready to be a team leader. Both, though. Yeah. 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 Young was the same way, dude. Watching some of his interviews made me just think that this dude was ready to be uh, a, a leader of a of, of a team immediately as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love is his that that next part. It said that his first carry of his career as a freshman went for forty eight yards against Michigan. <laughs> yeah, like as a touchdown. Like, dude, that, that's that that's just stuff that you don't hear of uh, when it comes to Stroud. But that's not a bad thing, right? When when people are taking off running, like it's not it's not inherently from a good football standpoint. It's not great that your first instinct would be to run. The fact that he wants to try Beat to reach with his through, arm, get through his projection or uh, progressions, uh, and 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 make sure he's doing what he's been coached to do. The dude, I mean, it tells me that this dude has grown since he was a freshman in in, in college, right? So I love that, um, and, and I love, like you said, the way that he approaches this. I mean, the dude, he he doesn't have to be, and he doesn't have to be Anthony Richardson athletic, right? He just has to be elusive. That's it. Like, that's isn't it ironic, CK, or isn't it weird that for every time people have been critical about if he was a mobile quarterback, it would be like, oh, I wish he would throw more and not move right. to run, to run right. more. Now that he tries to choose to throw, that people are like, I wish he would run more in this. And it's, here is just mm-hmm. going to what uh, Cody said. He said he felt really, really healthy with the Georgia game after dealing with some hamstring injuries uh which weren't disclosed throughout the season but he continues this is what i like this is what we all want this is what everybody tells us you want a quarterback who beats you with your arm it's nice to have athleticism it's a nice attribute 
but you want, I mean, Patrick Mahomes beats you with his arms. Yeah, sure, he's right. mobile. You know, right. you want all Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Yeah, they have yeah. mobility, but you want these guys extending plays, right. not running. Well, and the thing that main I think, attack. the thing that I think is, is w- let's, let's talk about the reality of where these are coming from. It's Bryce fans, Bryce young fans talking about CJ Stroud. That's right. why his negative things are coming up. It's CJ Stroud fans talking about Bryce young. That's where his negatives are coming about. Right. And that's, that's not saying that none of these guys have anything to work on, but when you're talking about the mobility of, of, of CJ, uh, it's it's clear that that's almost a false a false flag at this point. It's just something that they've used because he hasn't run in college. It's the thing that I think is interesting between the two is the biggest gripe as Greg talks about with Bryce is not coachable. Like it's not. There's just nothing you can do uh, about his height. Yeah. Can he? Can he overcome that? In, can he overcome it? Yes. But I've said this from time, you know, time and time again on this podcast. I don't want to constantly go after the exception when the rule has been the rule for a reason, right? Right. Especially when the other rule guy is so damn good. Right. Right. And that's the thing is, it's yeah. not. It's it like when you're talking about comparing apples to apples. I just feel like C.J. Stroud. I, he, Here's the thing. I am not a college ball, a football fan. I am not. My only exposure to CJ Stroud was that Georgia game. And I fell in love with what I saw from him in the biggest moment of his career in a, in a time when, let's be real about it, all the things were, all the cards were stacked against him, against one of the, if not the best NFL or college uh, defense in the, uh, in the entire college football. The dude showed up on the biggest stage you could possibly ask for, and he showed up in every way you can ask for him to show up with his legs, with his arms, with his leadership, and with his poise. The dude showed up, and I cannot help but be absolutely enamored by what I saw from C.J. Stroud in that game. Yeah. Uh, Like Alex Mex Pro said, or he said, go and watch and suggested uh, the uh, Phil, not Phil Sims, uh, Chris Chris Sims. Which we played uh, a little bit of his discussion about C.J. Stroud earlier. He does love Stroud, and he talks about a lot of these things in detail. Uh, it's good to, you know, look at a bunch of different people and hear their takes. But, man, Chris Sims makes you feel better about these guys. Go watch Jordan Palmer. I haven't really heard this. Is I haven't heard anybody. You know what is that this is all they've done is praise Stroud. That's what I've heard. I've just heard Stroud <laughs> praise. So I haven't heard real negatives to his game. Let's go to the next call. Panther fan 2222 here. Uh, appreciate what you guys are doing all season. I'm so fucking pumped for this next year. Can't wait for this draft to come up and see who we get. Doesn't matter. All these people we're putting around it, we're actually starting to look like a real competent. NFL football team. Thank y'all for all y'all do. Everybody keep motherfucking pounding. Keep pounding. Hey. I like it. Short, simple, and to the point. Yeah. Oh. Let's keep going. Tony Cody CK and the Bat Daddy Badass Boy Toy. Oh, shit. Panthers What's have not addressed the middle linebacker position. Yeah, now, I know for Shaq Thompson, 
he took a pay cut. Let's face it, Shaq Thompson sucks. Or maybe on a good day, he's an average linebacker. But what you really want on this defense, I think that the weakest part of this defense is the middle linebacker. You need an enforcer in the middle, a tackling machine. Panthers have addressed the offensive line, the defensive line in the draft, the quarterback position, and you know they've done the wide receiver position, even this the defensive back position. What can they do at this point to fortify the middle linebacker, the inside linebacker position? Because if we want to Panthers run a pre-four defense, they need good linebackers in the middle, your tackling machine, the enforcer in the middle. So do you think that stud from Clemson will be available by the 39th pick in the second round? Or how can they fortify the middle linebacker position and to turn this good defense into a great defense? And with a young, promising quarterback, should be very interesting. And I can hardly wait for September for game day. Bye-bye. This is when you get mad value in the draft, Cody. Yeah, man. That's what I think. I think you can get a guy in the second or the third. Look at what the Bucks have done. Look at Levante David. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, there's a lot of good guys in this class. Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson, as he mentioned. Um, the guy from uh, Cincinnati, uh, maybe the chat can help me out. His name escapes me right now. I'm going to get down pat on all these names before the draft, I promise. But, no, listen, uh, I, there is a great opportunity for us to be able to add through the draft this year um, and, and add to that linebacker position. I've said this a while ago. To me, the number two question in all of Panther fandom besides Bryce or CJ is what do we do with that number 39 pick? Because I think you can make just as big of a case for uh, for another edge rusher, another middle linebacker, and another wide receiver. Or even another wide receiver. I'd love to see a linebacker because that's one of those positions that sometimes I feel is similar to running back is that it's one of the easier positions to transition in the NFL too, like your athleticism and things help you so much. Sure. And like defensive end takes time for those guys to come along. Sometimes if they're projects, I just think all of a sudden, and here's the other thing we haven't got young at a linebacker in a minute as this, unless you want to talk about Brandon Smith, right? I guess is that he's the one guy, but we've tried Corey Littleton. We've tried tired whitehead. We've tried all of these people, you know, and now Shaq's coming back on a discount and uh, what likes to be in Charlotte. Maybe he'd be a good mentor for some of these players, particularly. Oh, I mean, so that's my that's my thing. I think you get a lot of value in the draft. Let's keep going with these calls. Hey, hey excuse me. Hey, CT, what's up, guys? Um, I love me some DJ more, but no, well, we, can't give, we can't give up the, uh, Horn or Brian Burns with the two first-round picks or whatever we gave up. Agreed. Uh, DJ Moore is much more easy to replace than a lockdown corner. And uh, a decent pass rusher. He could have been better. I probably would have took the key pick from the Rams, though, last year, honestly. But, I mean, he's a proven commodity, like you say. Proven pass rusher, 10 sacks, I guess. Not too much, I don't think, that good on the run. But he could drop back in coverage in this 3-4. He should be all right in this 3-4, so yeah, DJ Moore is definitely the choice. Alright, guys, have a good night. I might call back later. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Al. You're the man, dude. Absolutely. DK. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, I, I feel like this is the most non-news news that we haven't even talked about it until 1140, until the three and a half hours into the show uh, or three hours into the show. Uh, we did re-sign Henry, An- Henry Anderson to the team. Um, so you're welcome for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, he wasn't some bad depth, though some he depth. wasn't terrible yeah but that's what yeah. i mean it's the most non-news news it wasn't like uh it wasn't oh my god we signed that guy it was just like hey hey he's yeah. back you know what i mean it wasn't you're, you're, wasn't, you're not pumped for henry anderson dude Listen, on, i am not i'm not negative i don't think he's a bad player i don't think he uh you know improved the defense to a level to where it was noticeable last year um, but I mean, Hey, listen, we need the depth. And, and if he was willing to come back to Charlotte for a team friendly deal, then I'm happy to have him back. Be interested to see how he fits in this scheme. How big was he? He was a kind of a bigger guy, but I don't know. I wonder how he'll be able to hold up in a three, four. He's certainly not agile enough to play as a linebacker. I think they just need bodies. Like uh, 704 Godson says, is that three, four depth. You're going to need those, uh, those five tags. Just- that, that are going to be your defensive end in a 3-4. And you need bodies, man. Like uh, You know, so much of the defensive Giving line. Giving those big boys a break at, a little bit. You can't rotation. just have. Yeah. You have to be able to rotate guys in and out. Um, and I know a lot of people really don't like YGM at this point, but he's still on the team. He's still under contract. And he's going to be another body that, that is going to have to be able to fill in for Henry Anderson and for some of these other guys to be able to go in and pass rush and, you know, be able to stop the run and be able to do it all. So, I mean, listen, it's not going to make you jump for joy, as CK was saying, but, you know, it's also a quality depth piece that you're going to need going into the season. I forgot this. Remember he had a stroke last year? Oh, that's like, right. And then came back. That. It was I like, yeah. So that. you know what? You're wondering if, see, some guys can come back after the bye week. This guy has a stroke and comes back. After oh, that the was bye him? Week. Yeah, yeah, dude, I completely forgot about that. Wow. Um, all right, let's go to the next call. I see the image in the stream has uh, Stroud number seven and Bryce number nine, like seven and nine. Like the teams who draft these two bums are perpetually going to be seven and nine. Oh, but, oh. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I know there's going to be. Wow. But um, I was waiting for, like, the last and whatever you guys play, like, when something controversial gets said to play. Yeah, my next point is, do you see Cam Newman throwing at Auburn today? Do you see his video posted on IG last night? That man ain't done. You, The haters, first of all, they wanted Cam to fail when Cam first came to Carolina. Many people, even in the fan base, wanted Cam to fail. And now that he's he looks like he's out of the league, everyone's like, ooh, it's good to get him out of the league because a lot of Cam haters out there. But, uh, yeah, today, working out at Auburn, and if Cam was in the draft with these guys, 34-year-old Cam, uh, who's going to be better for the next five years, 34-year-old Cam or C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, these bums in the draft, Cam would give you the best chance to win oh. for the next five years. And David Tepper, his birthday is 
like September 11th. And what oh, happened right. on September 11th? The Twin Towers came down, and David Tepper from the Steelers, and the Twin Towers were steel. And ever since David Tepper bought the team, everything's just been going to shit. It's all symbolism, you guys. But oh, if right. the Panthers don't end up wow. back and trading out of the first pick and then getting their Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, if they don't do that, the Panthers are going to be just completely fucked. And Cam, he's going to be dominating in Baltimore. Wow. Dude. Or Atlanta. Is an outside chance at Atlanta, but I'm thinking Baltimore. And uh, Cam in Baltimore is just going to completely shut up the haters. Because what we're talking about is I'm thinking five, six years of prime Cam in Baltimore. And Baltimore is a better organization than the Panthers. So they're going to do a better job of. Kev said it's all connected. I'm like Fire and Bell and Nate Chandler in Carolina. Just complete trash. He just carried this whole team and the people. Hey, tinfoil hats. Oh my god, LMAO. Oh my god, LOL. Oh my god. Bro, tinfoil hats in the chat, baby. Whoa. Dude, that that's all connected. At first, he said the sim. Yeah, when he turned, it's all crashing. That me out. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. Uh, oh, let's keep, man. let's keep Talking going. About twin towers. I know. Well, I mean, my, seven my and man, nine. My He's man like came a, from left field. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the next call. That's not hey, your man. calls. Though. Um, calling out from California. I'm just calling to try to weigh in, and uh, I'm so pro Bryce Young. Um, I just feel like that he's a much, you know, better quarterback, and um, I just want to tell you guys why. Uh, okay. Yeah, so call him back, 209-781-510. For those who don't know, for all the new viewers, it's a – it's a voicemail, right? It's a, yeah, not a not a one on one type of call situation. Although I'm sure people it, would probably pay for CK to call oh, them back I, and talk. Oh, so, I know ooh, that's going to be the subscribe. This is going to be the new pay me yeah. in, <laughs> yeah. when I call them. So, but yeah. pay twenty way. bucks a month to have the sultry stylings of CK without her- nothing's in your ear without ruining your credit. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to the next call. This me, C Dog, nineteen eighty three. C Dog, real quick, man. We the only way we win that trade with the Bears is we keep DJ Moore. With us trading DJ Moore, we got fucking fleeced for the number one pick. Period. If we keep DJ Moore, I don't have anything to say. But we gave up too much. You can't tell me we didn't give up too much. And everybody talking about, oh, we didn't do this with DJ and that with DJ. How many fucking quarterbacks did DJ more fucking play with? What the fuck are we fucking talking about? Then fucking you had exactly deal with Matt Rule bullshit for three years. Now you motherfuckers sound goddamn dumb as fuck right now. <laughs> but I tell you what, next year, 
when uh, we don't have a number one receiver, when uh, no, dude, look, who the fuck is gonna get double team on this offense now? Fucking nobody. What the fuck we talking about, man? The muscle talking about Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is a fucking jag. Just another fucking guy. What the fuck are we talking about? Then the Miles Sanders got them signing. He is, he's a fucking finesse back. Him and Tuba Hubbard do the same fucking thing. But I tell you what, him and Tuba Hubbard can't get you to got them 30 inches of 30 fucking one. Cause ain't no fucking power running back. So you better got them draft a fucking power running back in the fucking draft. You better drop a, got them a rookie tight end. What the fuck? I just don't know, man. You know, y'all niggas still still got them strong on fucking quarterback and stuck on this quarterback. So you've been doing the same shit for since Captain Cam Newton been gone. Y'all still on this same ass shit. They ain't got a fucking nowhere. What the fuck? Mostly that right got their front right as a fucking quarterback whisperer. He had fucking Andrew Luck for one year. Andrew Luck fucking retired. What the fuck are we talking about? Right, right, this is called plays with the goddamn Eagles, man. I'm just on the goddamn rant right now. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> fuck, man. Here's, here's Adam Thielen. Come on, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> i tell you what. Like Adam Thielen could have made that play at the end of the game against the motherfucking Falcons because his ass too fucking old, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. Yeah, you see, that's sure why we love subscribe to the great fucking content. Sea Dog nineteen eighty three podcast coming soon. I will be breaking down movies and TV shows. Nice, nice. Yeah. I like it, man. TV shows. Hey, Sea Dog, hit me TV up, man. Podcast. Shout out to Goddamn Panther Pistol. Shout out to motherfucking D Baby, the motherfucking goat. I hope yeah. everybody have a great fucking Tuesday. I hope everybody have a great fucking week. Keep motherfucking pounding. See dog 1983 out. Good night. Uh, uh, yeah, see, look, that, that's why we love see dog man. <laughs> He'll come in here and say that we're acting like a bunch of dumbasses talking dumb about the Panthers, but then still tell everybody to like and subscribe and hit that damn notification bell. Shout out to the homie Sea Dog, man. That's He's my great. bro. It can, yeah. See, that's the it was bro. a good call too. If you it think about it, you call. might not love yeah. it. You might not agree oh, with some right. of it, right? And he's just the only reason you don't like that call is because he's not agreeing with you, right? And not right. you, uh, any one of you in specific. Whoever. And it's not like been. we haven't been wrong before, so right. right? Exactly, exactly. But here's here's where I was. I will challenge Sea Dog a little bit, and I respect the opinion he has because I don't think anybody here is happy that DJ Moore is gone, right? But the challenge I would have is for the past five years, we've complained about we've complained about doing the same thing over and over with regard to quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, over the past five years, we've also done the same thing over and over by maintaining DJ Moore on the squad, right? So this is the first year we're trying something different, right? And it hasn't worked up to this point doing what we did in the past. I think moving up, making a decision to, to go after a quarterback, um, that you have conviction in, as they uh, say. Uh, I, I think that this is the only way that this would have worked out. And it's almost poetic, and, and it's a bittersweet thing. But the fact that DJ Moore was here for five years and we weren't able to find success, again, not all DJ's fault, but it shows that DJ Moore being here wasn't the wasn't going to be the reason we succeeded, right? He would be a, a wide receiver piece. with a quarterback is not a wide receiver. There you go. You know, I mean, like, it doesn't matter how, look, go down the list of people 
who are the great and, and Randy Moss when he was in Oakland was nothing, right? Yeah. You put him with Tom Brady, he's back to being the GOAT. DeAndre Hopkins before Deshaun uh Watson got there, right? It's like is those are they are Cal, look Calvin Johnson. Look at that. Right? Is that it doesn't matter unless you got a quarterback. Let's go to the next call. Yeah, this is this is out again. Fellas. Well, Man, I love me some Cam. My favorite player ever. Fucking a dog fucking champion, college champion. Panthers legend, but man, Candace Walsh, bro. <laughs> He's done. He might get a shot, but I mean, he don't expect nothing. He ain't gonna be doing that much no more. I think he's sick of podcasting and playing Madden or something, but he, I mean, I hope he gets, I mean, I hope he gets a chance that where he can come in, maybe be like a backup and maybe like on a championship team or something. I don't know, but I think he's done. He's done. He's definitely done. But we'll see, man. Yeah, you man. Know, I'm rooting for him, but not looking good for Cam. Appreciate it, man. But let's, all right. Let's go to the next call. Three more. What's going on, C3? I love the show. Thank you. I was listening to the podcast and I had two notes. They spoke about using Lubu as a middle linebacker next to Shaq in the base defense. A lot of people were penciling him in as, a, as an edge kind of pass rusher. Doesn't sound like that's the plan with him. With that being said... We still have a pretty big hole opposite Brian Burns. I wonder maybe we could bring in a guy like Unique Ngakwe. Maybe uh, the guy from the Rams that was an outside linebacker. Was it also shows Floyd? maybe they're not as high on Brian as uh, yeah. Brandon. That's not a terrible idea. No, not at all. Is this call over? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, no, I, listen, I think that would be great. I also, look, there's been a lot of talk about both D, uh, um, Jeremy Chen and Frankie Lulu playing some of that outside linebacker role. Right. And I think it's legitimate to question how they would hold up in those spots, considering none of them have been pass rushers in their career. A lot of the sacks, you know, uh, Frankie Lulu was number two in sacks for the Carolina Panthers uh, last year. But most most of that was on blitzes and some uh, design stunts uh, that kind of you know uh, it, it allowed him to get open. I don't Hassan necessarily Reddick know can do it. Can... Yeah, but uh, Frank Lugo is not Frank. Yes. No, that, look I, at I their agree. measurables. I, look yeah, at their measurables. measurables. Just because someone's measurables are similar doesn't mean that they have the same hip flexibility that they can uh, uh, bend the arc the the same kind of way that they have the ability to defend against the run. Uh, It's really tough for me to say Frankie Louvu is about to go out there and, and and be uh, uh, Hassan Reddick. That's a big time. No, I'm not saying, but a lot of people didn't. Hassan Reddick was actually playing out of position when he was at linebacker. No, you're right. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Is like he, they tried to do some different things with him. It's like, so, I mean, it's not out of the question that he could, you know, uh, that he couldn't succeed, but I do think what the Panthers sure. see him as being moved around. They see him in that role in some instances, and then in some instances doing some more of the yeah. li- uh, traditional linebacker stuff. All right, let's go to the next goal. Hey, hey, hey. It's again, my chocolate espresso. How are y'all? 
Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, I'm playing a trip, right, out to Kansas City during the draft. You know, I want to I want to be there because it's I actually free to get in if anybody doesn't know that. It's free to get in the draft. So I was thinking about going out there. I could be a correspondent to C3, you know? Yeah. yeah. You want me to pass out? I could pass out to all the Panther fans. You want to at Kansas City? I can do that for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, brother. Um, or son. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. You know, you know, have y'all draft party. I can be there with my cell phone, show the video of the stage. Oh, that would be so dope. The nation at the Kansas City draft. You know, you something did this like that. For us before. But uh, uh, that's my idea. Nova uh, Black. Also, another idea I have is uh, Scott Fitter and David Tipper to again continue continue the tradition. Because let's be real, this is a tradition now. A tradition of never drafting a Clemson player. Continue that tradition. <laughs> I want to see Cody cry. That's all. Goodbye, boys. Uh, Peace. He started so strong and then had to end it like such a little prick, like a Gamecock fan is, dude. Listen, uh, uh, in the past, during our draft party, which, by the way, you know we're doing again this year. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a tradition. That was the first time I ever came on the C3 Panthers podcast in person. Was the year we drafted DJ Did Brian Moore? Brian Burns. Oh, it's no, a DJ it Moore. Yeah, it, it was Brian the year Burns. we drafted. It was okay. the year we drafted DJ Moore, and dude, this year is going to be even bigger. And dude, if we had Kev at the draft holding up the phone in Kansas oh, City, we got oh, that it. would be the mm, shit, bro. Yeah, it would. That would be Love incredible. It. Right now, the best moment in our draft history is Nova Black. He went to Bank of America Stadium during their draft party and we got to see them announce it from the jumbotron in bank of america stadium i thought that so was that, the Bryans, but did he announce the yeah DJ that was Moore? brian no okay, that was that's brian what Burns. i meant that's what i meant yeah, oh, okay. yeah you, you got him flip-flopped but um yeah man the, the draft is going to be incredible this year we're already trying to come up with some new surprises and some cool things that we can do uh keep it tuned in to c3 man we've got a bunch of content coming for y'all all right, let's get through these last two calls. Hey, I want to talk about Phoenix for Stroud versus Bryce Young. I want to talk about like watching the tape. I watched the tape yesterday. What if they don't tell my details about pretty much the differences in tape? I do feel like I'm probably the, people won't like this comparison, but pre-injury Dak Prescott. Um, as you watch him climbing up the pocket, he hitches before he makes his throw. But that simple hitch pretty much is like an indication that he has made he made his decision and he's going to step up to the throw. So I do like how he maneuvers the pocket. He doesn't need to run as much. But I feel like the pretty much the floor is Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, floor, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. I think the ceiling is actually, yes, Deshaun Watson. Wow. Your thoughts, Cody. Dude. I'm gonna let you take this because it touches on so many of your favorites. 
Dude, uh, listen, everybody knows I'm a Clemson fan. If you didn't, now you do. Uh, Deshaun was my favorite Clemson player ever just because of the memories. And, dude, if he ends up being the next Deshaun Watson here in Carolina without all the creepy, touchy-feely bullshit, hell yeah, dude, sign me up. Uh, I I really like that comparison. I like the Joe Burrow comparison. Uh, Guys that can do it all, throw the ball. Win from inside the pocket, go through their progressions, throw with timing, touch, and accuracy, and use their legs when they need to to be a threat on the field. I'm loving that, and uh, I, I definitely think CJ could end up being that for us. All right, last call of the night. Yes, I'm just calling about quarterback situation. If we do not get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I just feel like we're just going back to a normal mediocrity that we're used to for the past. Hell, I don't know since Cam Newton and to her. I'm ready for some change. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to be a top tier team like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals. Um, I feel like Anthony Richardson will be just be another Sam Darnold. Um, love the show. Keep pounding. Go Bounders. All right. Thanks so much Pound. for the call. Thank you. I've- I've told you guys this uh, time and time again on the show. Show it's I want to be in a land with a quarterback than a land without a quarterback. That's the kingdom I want to live in. And while Cam created so much, people are even still talking about him today. Um, is that what Cam gave us for uh, between 2011 and 2017 uh, was a living in the land of a quarterback. And it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. Didn't do everything perfect. Uh, but you know what? Is you can focus. I tell you this. is too many people focus on the flaws and they forget what they do for your team. And he did a lot. And it was just, it was like, we just, now we get another chance, hopefully, to build around somebody. Thanks for the calls tonight, man. They were fantastic. I think tonight was arguably one of the best nights in C3 history for calls. Uh, loved it. Let's finish out the show with the two last segments. We're not going to touch on all the news. We'll fly through it. It's been a power pack show. Uh, somebody's got a lot of noise going on. Um, the, we got to do the NFL news and the ice up picks still to go. Let's start with this. Oh, because wait, the- hang on. Just to make sure that it's so official. One of the last bits, of, yeah. One of the last bits of the show we do is we look around the NFL, just talk about some of the news and how it maybe relates to the Panthers or just in general. The Carolina Panthers went out in the free agency and got Hayden Hurst. There have been two, and we'll kind of just do these two together. Let's do Mike Gesicki signing with the New England Patriots. I have not seen the deal that he worked out, um, but also Dalton Schultz. Uh, some people are saying uh, kind of left a lot of money on the table that he over um, he overvalued himself, and now he's going to a one-year deal in, with the Texans, right? So tough place. Maybe good for a tight end, though, with a rookie quarterback as a security blanket. Mike Gusecki, and we haven't, like, I mean, the tight ends went slow in this news. I mean, you know, Hayden Hurst, people had him ranked as their third tight end free, uh, free agent option. And he's like the one that went off the board first. 
I also saw OJ Howard is signing with the uh, Las Vegas Raider, uh, Raiders. Y'all guys' thoughts? Any thoughts on Dalton Schultz or Gasecki? Yes. Their fits? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, overall, the markets for most everything outside of a quarterback has been outside of the superstars have been mediocre at best. Um, and there's a lot of logic to it. You're seeing a lot of two-year deals, one-year deals, three-year deals. And you when you start to hear people explain why that is, it starts to really make sense. Um, there's no reason for these guys to sign a crazy long deal because with YouTube taking over Sunday Ticket, with uh, them doing as much as they're doing from a content perspective with all these different networks and whatnot, the NFL is about to have a massive amount of money come their way. Massive. And when the NFL has a massive amount of money come their way, what goes up a massive amount? The cap space. So these guys are just playing the long game. They're saying, why get into a four or five-year contract when there's going to be a major change in the uh, in the landscape when it comes to the the actual cap space? That's why you're seeing the market for these guys being maybe a little bit less valuable because these guys are willing to take a, a smaller you know short-term contract in order to be able to renegotiate in two years when that cap situation uh, is a lot more favorable to the players. Yeah, it's hard to believe though that. Uh... Dalton Schultz can be was going to be the top tight end prospect uh, free agent gem for right. that long though. That's the thing is that I do agree with you is that you do bet on those multiple contracts. You know, multiple contracts is the way you make money in the NFL. Right. It's how do you get two long term deals and then get a couple of short term deals uh, after in the back end of your career. Um, so interesting to follow those guys as well as did you guys see I didn't even see this today like I haven't heard anything about it I'm surprised Ezekiel Elliott released yeah, being released yep yeah there's your power back guys yeah he just hasn't been produced in the last few years to be honest yeah. with you. He, he's he gone down every, terrible it nah he, he kind of has man every year he's been in the league he's gone down I think last year he averaged like 2.9 yards per carry dude like, I can good. run faster then Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, okay. He, he's going and down that's, every year. That's just the truth. No lies were told. I can run faster than Ezekiel Elliott. That dude, uh, he's hitting the hole at negative one miles an hour. So, yeah, sorry. Miss me with that, man. Donta Hightower announces retirement. And I saw somebody put up something I thought it was just neat is like this was a pretty good linebacker class uh, drafted in 2012. Three-time Super Bowl champion Hightower, as well as Luke Keekley was in that mix. And there was two other names that were pretty good on that list. So, um, you know, uh, did any – well, never mind. I'm not even going to talk about that. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, this is a bit, it's more weirdness now at this mm -hmm. story. I saw one guy, the guy that used to be – he's been on this show. What is his name? He's really good. He was from, he used to be with the Houston Chronicle. I think he retired, but he now he just does like what Scott Fowler basically does. Um, and he said that a non-licensed NFLPA agent has reached out to teams. So now he has I'm a non-agent, or does he mean his mom? Um, he might have that new – that guy. It might be his mom, but they that, that guy – 
um, that was that negotiated Laramie Tun- Tunzel's contract and who negotiated, um, you know, not negotiated, but helped these non-agent represented uh, players to help them negotiate their contract. Yeah. Um, his name is something Omni. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, Omni something. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. It's an awesome right. name, though. Um, and we mentioned Baker Mayfield is. Uh, how about this? Are you? Uh, I mean, clearly we're rooting against Baker um, to have success with the Bucks because it's a divisional. Do you dislike Baker after his time in Carolina? I'm kind of mad. Like, I don't have an opinion. You know, it's like I actually like him probably not more from a being a player standpoint, but um, yeah, I feel like he's yeah. I don't know, you guys. Baker Mayfield. At least we get to play him twice a a year for a little while, right? Yeah. That's yeah, the- I'm, I'm definitely not afraid of Baker Mayfield. I mean, why would you be? You know, I I, I don't know. I'm just uh, how could how could you see what Baker Mayfield has done thus far and be like, oh, better watch out for Baker. What he might uh, do? Yeah, no, I don't feel like- that way. I just don't know if I dislike him as a person. You know, there's certain people I don't like. Um, and I don't know why I do this, but we all picked uh, favorites. And I just don't think he's a favorite or somebody I don't like either. It's like a non-story to me. Um, that's the news, guys, uh, on what's been a great show. We still got one segment to go. The longest-running segment on the Longest-Running Panthers podcast, the Ice Up segment coming up right here. Don't forget to subscribe. Check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you don't subscribe, well, call in at 252-228-5098. Of course you're going to subscribe. You're going to be a C3 super fan because you don't want to be one of those people that gets iced up. Cody, let's get into these ice up picks. Aw, snap. Ice up, son. Ice up. It's our time to ice up someone. That means we tell someone in the world or multiple people in the world to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Uh, and if anybody wants to tell someone to tough it up, to get it together, Steve Smith knew how to do it. Has anybody got a, uh, ice up pick that they are just yearning to share? Oh yeah. I, I, I can go first. I didn't, I didn't have a great one last week, but, uh, I, I do believe I've come better prepared this time. Listen, we've got a lot of Christian people, a lot of good God fearing people who watch the C3 Panthers podcast. And that's great. But if ever you find yourself getting baptized in a lake, make sure that you know what's in that lake and make sure you trust the pastor who's uh, baptizing you at this I'm going to like this one. I'm going to like this one, I think. Wait till the end, dude. Listen out. That's a dead body coming. Is that guy fishing? Was it a bass or an alligator? No, he said, Mama, there's an alligator in there. Watch. 
Yo, pastor said, it's in the Lord's hands now, y'all. I am getting my holy ass the fuck up out of here, bro. Listen, make sure you have a pastor that isn't going to abandon you after you just gave your life to the Lord to be the dinner of an alligator, y'all. That's not real pastor love. I sub to that man. Oh, you hate to see it, man. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. <laughs> All right. Ice up. That's a great one, Cody. You came back strong. <laughs> I told you that's like one of my favorites. Um, all right, I'll get in there. Uh tonight is I got two two. We we're gonna this when I show you this video, it's gonna look long. We're not gonna watch the whole video. But I really just am God, I mean, I you know, I know people love TikTok. I know they love all the shorts, and I'm begging you to watch my internet content. But the food ones sometimes, like of these people making this stupid ass food half the time, right? This one oh, drove so me this, this one made me nuts today. So oh, I already like, know I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Right. So she grinds all this up. Wow. You're like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And somebody put this. There's always a guy in the background having to go. Oh, wow. Like, look at that. Cool. Listen, listen. It looks like that. Wow. Look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. Wow. Now look at what. All right. This is where it gets the ice up. Hold on. We're making Hold on. fresh pasta. Out of pasta. We're going to take an egg. Fresh pasta. It's it's not fresh (laughs) pasta, number one. You use dry (laughs) pasta to remake. Now, look at this at the end. Hold on. Hold on. Look at this mess. What? Oh, come on. Oh, please don't freeze up on me now. The funniest thing about this is what she did with that dried pasta, she could have just done with flour and made fresh right, pasta. Right, right. That's the whole point. God, God <laughs> please work. Please. Oh, you oh. might have to refresh it. Okay, I've got to refresh because you got to see what the end product is. And then oh, watching God. her eat it or take a bite. Oh, come on back. Come on back. Where'd that's you the only reason I watched this is to watch her eat that. <laughs> uh, yeah, here comes. Uh, let's see. Hopefully. Okay. There it goes. All right. We got what? Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I got it. I got it. All right. So uh, here. Here we go. So <laughs> she makes this dough. Okay. Now I have my boiled water. And That's what she calls it. In there. We're going to gently place our pasta noodles right into our boiled water. Just like that. Wow. Wow. It's fresh pasta. <laughs> Look, she, she calls it fettuccine. So while our pasta is cooking, uh, I'm just going to put oh, You're just going to put Newman's own. All right. But look at this. Exactly like fresh pasta. Oh, wait. Exactly hold on. Let's see your face. Okay, let's give it a taste. Mmm. Mmm. Consistency. Shut up. I look God, how I'm away from her being able to actually make a, a genuine oh. reaction before she can actually make it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, is this recipe said it's delicious before it like even touched her tongue? Dude, this, this is recipe tell- is straight out the white trash cookbook. Okay. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> they, it's like they, 
these are people just trying to make shit up to be right. innovative on TikTok, bro. Right. I want to know how to really do it. Let's just let's talk about how to make some uh, ramen noodles. Right. I mean, well, just... this is why I tell my kids not to listen to everything on TikTok. Seriously. <laughs> and we'll probably just uh, like, we'll probably get pulled for playing that. Really? It's uh 27 seconds. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah if it's over 15. It, okay, okay. Well, this lady sense. here, we won't play it, but uh she says something to the fa- here. Let me just put the tweet up because they uh because they actually show the words that she says. And I don't know who that lady is. Is that that judge lady? Janine Pirro or something? Uh, I don't know if it is, but it says she went on this show, The Five, and she said, some of the smartest people I know didn't graduate from high school and are making millions and billions. And then the guy beside her goes, billions? She goes, yeah. And he goes, who? She goes, I'll tell you later. (laughs) 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 I mean, yeah, okay, uh, whatever. Uh, Quit high school. I'll tell you later how to do it. Those are my ice up picks tonight. Uh, CK, you want to go? You want me to go? No, you go ahead. I'm ready to get out of here. Okay, mine's really quick. Uh, It's just a kind of a funny video, and it's uh, it's just if you're gonna especially go on a bike ride, just be sure you have a plan for what's going on. I love ring doorbells. This reason, video cameras. So watch this dude. Oh, he's on a scooter. Oh. He's on a scooter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have a plan. Like at no point in time did he look like he was going to stop. Can you, can you play that one more time and put it on full screen? Put it on full screen. Right there, man. Yeah. Oh, and you don't even know man. that you're that's on a broke guest. You have to find out later that your worst moment got on YouTube. That's what happened to Drew Bledsoe back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's hilarious. Ice up. All right, CK, you don't have one? No, let's get out of here. Okay, uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We're the people's voice. That's right. It's the People's Voice podcast where, look, we're not uh, football experts, but we are expert football fans, and we got a great community. We thank you for being a part of it. Uh, we got the Friday free-for-all coming up next, right, Cody Lack? Absolutely. Every Friday at 7 p.m., it's your opportunity to be a part of the show that is literally for Panther fans by Panther fans. The C3 Friday free-for-all every Friday at 7 p.m., you can join the show via StreamYard, just like we're doing now, and uh, talk and have a great time and conversate about the Carolina Panthers, man. There's so much to talk about right now, so much to discuss. Dude, it makes for great conversations. Um, and, yeah, man, um, also um, follow me on Twitter, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Your boy passed uh, 12, 2,000. Followers today on, on Twitter. Twitter. Congratulations! So, nice. Yeah, nice. man, we uh, we're moving up in the world. So right now I'm at 2,032. So that's cool. I we got 150 you. subscribers on the YouTube in the last two and a half weeks, which has been fantastic. CK, how can they get after you? You can get me at uh, Twitter as well at Codizzle Allen. Um, I'm not as spicy with my takes as Cody is, but uh, I usually uh, try to provide some insight as to you know, some logic and, and whatnot with regard to what I see going on out there. But 
um you obviously follow you know follow us along here and i know we said we won't do the friday free-for-all or won't do anything until the friday free-for-all but there are some pro days coming up uh tomorrow and the next day so might not be a bad idea to come and at least discuss what we saw at some yeah. point during this might week be right, so, yeah um, i'll have some time too my wife's gonna be out of town is there a big one tomorrow it's not one of these stroud yeah. stroud's tomorrow that's what i heard that's what i heard well look um Greg, uh, Geeks Chasing Squirrels Podcast, tell them how they can get it. Actually, uh, just want to say this is I finally watched Black Adam. Ah, I, thought okay. it was, I thought it was fantastic. You know what? I, I thought it was fantastic the first time I watched it, too. Then I rewatched it. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, mm. I thought it was great. It was great. It, it was. Then I rewatched it, and I was like, ugh, this wasn't okay. as good as I, I thought it got surface. a lot of shade from people, yeah. but. It's okay. very surface. It's not really a, a, a deep, you know, a, which again, it's, it well, is what it is. It was a, shit, it's a good, it was yeah. a good blockbuster movie to watch in a, in a, in a movie theater. Right. Exactly. Okay. I thought some yeah. of the side, the, the secondary characters were compelling and entertaining, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, I, it had its good points for sure. I like to uh, a hero that, that wasn't just always like, I mean, it wasn't just like, Hey, good guy, good guy. I thought it showed some different things to it. I liked it. All right. Uh, but I'm not one of those Marvel experts and I know that's not Marvel. That's DC. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Shazam that. How can they Shazam your podcast? Yeah, man. Check us out on YouTube at 9 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, we go live We're it's based kind of based off this show. It's just about pop culture, comics, movies, books, novels, audio books, all that good stuff. Television shows. Um, I mean, we do it. We're right now. We're talking about. We were talking about Mando. Well, excuse me. We're talking about Last of Us, but Last of Us just ended. Mandalorian, Picard, Bad Batch, all that good stuff. Uh, we usually have guest creators come on a few times a month, but it's a good time. So come check us out. Check me out at the Bad Day Fifty Two to find out more information. Uh, we're three and a half hours into this podcast. Cody Lack, take us out of here. It's the longest running Panthers podcast, literally. C three Nation. Until next time. You already know what to do. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.